Here's the thing. I want everyone to go to HankStrange.com, sign up for the email list over there, look around the website. That's the place you can go to to find all the alternatives, alternative ways to support us, watch us, etc., listen to us, all of that. You can actually listen to this podcast from HankStrange.com. Okay, we also have merchandise, etc. there. You can get your Lot Lau shirt from either Ballistic Inc. or you can go to uh, HankStrange.com and it will take you to that stuff. Okay, all of that being said, I will load up my guests right now. Let's see, let's get them all up in here. And I'm going to smash the open button. Let's do it. Welcome back to the Hank Strange situation. All right, guys, don't forget Lifestyle to smash that subscribe button, smash the thumbs ups, ring the bell. So you can be notified every time we go live. We are live. Here we go. Here we got these guys. All right, guys. Uh, so, Chris, you're new here. We do jazz hands. Everyone has to do it. Let's see those jazz hands. Come on with the jazz hands. Let's look. Oh, let's look at that. Oh, Chris is doing jazz hands. Kevin Dixie's boxing. It's getting, it's getting, it's on, it's on. Um, <laughs> we are live. I hope you guys have your big girl panties. Oh, Kevin's not stopping. He's not stop. He's on a roll. I hope you guys have your big girl panties on. This is episode 734 of the Who Moved My Freedom podcast. I'm your host, Hank Strange. Uh, my guests are Kevin Dixie of NOC, No Other Choice. He's joining us here tonight, as well as Chris Lyles of South Carolina Gun School. Uh, welcome to the show, gentlemen. How are you both? Awesome. Awesome. Chris is awesome. I'm good, man. You're good. You're good. Yep. Kevin Dixie's good. Everybody's good out there. Big shout out to Franklin Armory. Thanks to Franklin Armory for sponsoring the podcast here. We appreciate you guys. You guys need to uh, get up on Franklin Armory if you're not aware. They make binary triggers, all kinds of cool, uh, good things out there, thinking outside of the box. We appreciate those guys. And as I said, smash the thumbs up, share this with your friends and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it's on. Let's see. Okay, so one of the big questions I had in the beginning that I don't even have to go to the scroll. Everyone wants to know what Kevin Dixie's smoking. Mm -hmm. um, oh, this is So uh, let's see. what. An Amara. A man of war. Man of... Okay. Oh. Amara. Oh. Man of war. Yeah. Oh, there oh, you go. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's that That's come and take it. That's the... Uh, uh, what was... Yeah. yeah, so this was sent to me... Molen Nabe. By my... Um, I'm trying to think what it is. AK Punisher, uh, okay. a buddy. Of, oh, hey, you remember? Uh, remember when we had the situation up in um, what the hell were we that time? In New Mexico. Uh, Raton, right? We had the medical thing happen. Yeah. Okay. Right? Remember that whole thing? Mm -hmm. The guy that jumped in with me. Yeah. Him. Oh, cool. Timothy. Awesome. Good dude. Yeah. So. He, yeah. Dude. Yeah. Absolutely. Shout out to what's he? He's called AK Punisher, right? AK On Punisher. The... Yeah. AK. On Instagram, I don't know if you want to put his real name out there, but yeah, AK no, Punisher. Yeah, I'm not sure if he if he wants that out there either. Okay, so that's like a Molen Labe type thing, and it's called what again? Man of War. They are Ma Amara Man of War. Okay, there you go. Boom, everyone's got it. Chris, uh, Carolina Gun School. What do you have there? So I have a Lega. Say that again. I've got Lega Perfecta. I think it's how you say it. Liga? Or Liga. Liga or Liga. I'm not yeah, really sure. It sounds like you're Liga doing like a Harry Potter um, incantation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, something somebody recommended yeah. that I try. So, uh, yeah. so far I'm liking it. It's pretty good. Okay. Okay, cool. Wingardio Leviosa. <laughs> you guys don't even know. You guys, are you, are you guys even familiar with Harry Potter? Probably not. Kevin, no. you got to center no. your no, phone a little sorry. bit more. Oh, 
Okay, Chris, you're not familiar. Tenor? Yeah. Uh, there you go. More, more, more. More of that. Okay, right no, there, right there. My daughter does the Harry Potter, but I never got into it. Never got into it? Oh, okay. I have, yeah, to, my, I have to go and get, get some lessons from her. Yeah, my kids loved Harry Potter. So did I. I listened to all the books on audiobook and everything. So, all, Shout out to all the Harry Potter people out there. Um, okay, LV Louis Cipher says, All we need is Monica Lewinsky as another guest here <laughs> with all of the cigars. Oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> nowhere around I'm <laughs> yeah. yeah Kevin said don't put that on us <laughs> yeah. uh, M. Gabriel says sometimes a cigar is just a cigar but sometimes not okay um, yeah there we go and Vanessa Kitty says she would know what to do with a good cigar okay Armament and Axis huh? says, never watched any Harry Potter. That's your problem, man. It's, you know, you're stuck in the Stone Ages. Don't know about the Harry Potters, you know? I, I mean... I'm going to get, get with the times and go and watch some Harry Potter. Yeah, that wand control was real up in Harry Potter. You know, there was some... There's some <laughs> There's some things that you could get. They try to control... They try to control it. You know? Oh, really? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, those well, wands were bang yeah. sticks, man. Those wands, technically, bang sticks, you know? I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to go and watch it then. Yeah, they. They. There's a. So in. I know this is like totally random to anyone joining us here, but you do own a school. You know, you do have a school, right, Chris? So this yes. is a little bit relative, and a little bit relative to the Second Amendment. But in Harry Potter, one of the cl so Harry Potter is all about these kids going to school every year. You know. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a boarding school. And then they have classes, and one of the classes is called Defense Against the Dark Arts. Boom. Training. Mm. That's what you guys do. That's what you – Kevin Dixie's not picking up on anything I'm putting down today. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, you're totally right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to check it out now. What's that, Kev? I can see your correlation, sir. I like the way you tie that in. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. Sometimes, you know. That, that's well. That's you know. A lot of people think what we do is is dark arts. Yeah. So no. Well, no. So the class was called Defense Against the Dark Arts because they're people who use the wands and magic for 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 bad, okay, for evil, gotcha. and destruction. Gotcha. And you have to learn how to protect yourself against those people. You know. Yep. So yep. I was having that conversation with somebody today because we had a incident about a week ago, right up the. Uh, grocery store 15 minutes from my house mm -hmm. woman was attacked in the parking lot abducted taken to a spot assaulted and then she was pretty much brought back but oh man yeah it was it's it was bad it yeah. was really bad yeah yeah and then so hakeem booker has a good point he's so eventually one of the things that happened in the harry potter thing they stopped teaching the kids how to defend themselves and he has a point he says they didn't want them to be prepared they didn't want them to be able to defend themselves against what they were doing. Like the the the, uh, the the bad guys basically took over the ministry, like the government, and they decided to to stop teaching kids how to defend themselves and all that. So I think it's very relative. I don't know if uh, um, what's her name that wrote the Harry Potter books, uh, J.K. Uh, Rowling. What's her name? 
J.K. JK I think it's J.K. Rawlings. Yeah, J.K. Rawlings. I don't know if she intended to do that, but I thought it was a good story. And a lot of it comes from um, old mythology and stuff like that in the King Arthur stories, etc. And there's a reason for that. You know, we, we all, like... It's ingrained within us to be able to defend ourselves, and even at a young age. Unfortunately, it's not happening here in America. So, anyway, listen. Here's what I want to do, Chris. Carolina Gun School. You're. This is the first time you're on. Uh, before we get into anything here, uh, I, I I think you and Kevin Dixie know each other. But how about telling the folks out there that may not know who you are, who you are, and what you do? So yeah, my, again, I appreciate you having me on tremendously. This is. Uh, you're welcome. Yeah, I've, I've followed you. I've watched some of your podcast stuff. So to actually be sitting here and on here is, a, um, to me, a, a great accomplishment. And I can't thank y'all enough for inviting me. But no, my name is Chris Lyles. I own and operate South Carolina Gun School here in upstate South Carolina. Uh, but we also travel. So don't think if you're not in South Carolina, we can't, you, we can't come and do some training with you. We do travel. Uh, but we do rifle, pistol, shotgun. I've got a vehicle, teach people how to work in and around their vehicle. Um, I do some kind of mindset situational awareness classes so people can come in and get to understand what we mean by mindset and situational awareness. And I've done stuff with churches, helping them set up safety teams, working with churches and some of their safety teams. Um, I've had the pleasure to work with, you know, Kevin and Ken and a bunch of other guys. So it's it's been awesome, man. I, I enjoy this. You know, I left a, a corporate job to pretty much do this because I saw what was going on in the world. And, you know, I want people to be educated and comfortable and confident with their firearms because we all see what's going on now. And, you know, it, it makes that's the one question that, that I ask sometimes when stuff like this happens is what if there had been more people armed and trained to be able to eliminate the threat a lot quicker than what they were eliminated mm -hmm. right right on um so let me see i don't know if there, uh, there's some questions in there that the audience have if you guys have questions we'll get to it first thought pleasure to to work with kevin dixie huh okay <laughs> oh, I'm just okay. I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. <laughs> no, I, I've never I, heard I, anyone complain about actually the classes that Kevin gives. Actually, I've never no, heard I, anyone I, complain about it. I've done his Evolve One. I've done his Evolve Two. I mean, mm -hmm. they're they're awesome. He. Mm -hmm. I tell everybody when they ask me about his classes what it's going to be like. I just tell them they're he's going to make you think. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to think while you're operating your gun. And that's the whole purpose of training is being able to think mm -hmm. while you're operating your gun. Cause it's not, if you're involved in a real life situation, you're not, it's not like standing at the range, shooting a couple of rounds, turning around, joking around with your buddies. There's, there's going to be thinking, there's going to be movement. It's going to be chaos. And he does a really good job of it. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. What was the corporate job that you left? Oh, go ahead, Kevin. What are you going to say to that? I'm just saying thank him for the kind words. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I always think, when I think of Kevin Dixie and his things, like, you know, uh, in some of the sports things that I've seen, when people are coming out to do stuff, they play music. I don't know if Kevin Dixie does that, but he could probably play, I'm bossy. You know, 
You ever heard that song? No. Yeah, you know, no. No. Wait, wait. wait. So oh, have some, have no, some intro. Uh, uh, I'm bossy and all, the, all my boys go to the yard. We don't do that. Like, no. no. We, we, we do, we do need to find you some intro music, man. Yeah. I can't I deal with Kevin Dixie with no hat. It's just, I'm telling you, it's just messing me up. I'm, I'm telling you, they told me I need to start letting my scalp oh, breathe because I'm suffocating my follicles. So, oh, okay. You know, I'm trying to do better, man. You gotta, you know, you get older. You gotta start taking better care of yeah, yourself. I'm yeah. in CrossFit. I'm like watching my vitamin levels, and I'm gonna have a cigar. I, I've accepted what my vice is going to be: cigar, a bourbon, like every blue moon. All right, plenty and plenty of water. Eating a little bit cleaner. Well, I only I eat clean anyway. Eating cleaner, cutting off some of the sweets, you know, and just just oh. loving life, man. Yeah. You gotta take care of your hair, follow. Come on, Hank. Yeah. Everybody ain't got the luscious mohawk, bro. Yeah. Some of this us got to put extra work in. This is, what, this is what happens when Kevin Dixie moves to Atlanta. What? <laughs> All of a sudden. I've, I've accepted the fact that my hair follicles are pretty much gone. <laughs> yeah, because they're on your chin. All right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is, that's, that's, what, that's what happened. I just pulled it all from the top of my head down to yeah. my chin. We are mm-hmm. setting the standard. <laughs> uh Vanessa Kitty says Hank picking theme music. Yeah, you don't want me to pick your theme music. I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick the worst things. The worst things. Okay, so all right. You said that you left a corporate job. What was your corporate job there, Chris? So I was a manager in the IT department for Verizon. Oh wow. Oh, awesome. So so if you had a problem with your cell phone and were not happy about it at some point in time, you probably ended up talking to me. Oh cool. Okay. Very interesting. Very interesting. We're actually broadcasting on Verizon Airwaves right now. Hey, hey, there you go, man. You know, so I don't know if you're getting like a little pension or something, but you know, we're contributing. <laughs> no, no, I was nowhere. I was nowhere near that that time frame. Oh, okay. Uh, it was, it was, it was a good job. I enjoyed it, but I kind of saw the writing on the wall and the way things were going, and you know, I'd always wanted, I'd always wanted my own business, okay. and. The way all of this just kind of fell into place, it was really the right place at the right time with the right people. Okay. How so, did you, so what led you to deciding to, like, open a school? So the school had actually already been open since 2008. Okay. So my friend opened the school back in 2008, and we met through a mutual friend in 2012. Okay. And I, I came in, I took one of his classes and, you know, after I got out of service, I wanted to take, I went and took classes because I knew I was going to want to get a permit. And in the Marine Corps, the pistol is not something that you get a lot of training on. They just make sure you know how to shoot it. You know, majority of the training is done on the rifle. So I wanted to get more proficient with the pistol. So I took classes and, you know, we met, found out what he did. I came in and took a class and he liked how I handled myself and was needing another instructor and offered me a position. Mm -hmm. So he brought me on mid 2012, 2013, and I was pushing him to offer more stuff. And we were waiting on my wife to get done with nursing school before I really did anything. Mm -hmm. And she got done, he knew what, because I was essentially gonna leave and open my own company and partner with him to offer what I was trying to get him to offer. Okay. And he finally came to me toward the end of 2016 and was like, look, man, you know everybody, you know the business, you have a direction that you want to go with it. 
he's like, buy the business from me and you don't have to really build from the ground up. So I left, took what money I had had in savings and threw it all at the business. Oh, cool. Okay. And so the school teaches, is it a training? Do you teach stuff about guns? Like in terms yes. of assembly or manufacturing yeah, I've got, and stuff like that? So, no, I don't get into any of like the gunsmithing stuff. Okay. I mainly teach, yeah, I'm mainly teaching them how to, I, we, I mean, we get into the cleaning portion, breaking them down, all that stuff, the maintenance side of it in our in our entry-level classes. But, yeah, what I, I'm mainly teaching them to shoot. Okay, so while we're talking here, I'll try to see. Let me see. Is this the, uh, is this your .com here? What is your .com? I think I have it. Uh, SCGunSchool.com. SC okay, there you go. All right, so throwing that up there. So mostly classes and things like that, and you can you guys can go there. And check out the different courses. That's what I'm clicking on right now. Uh, concealed weapons permit, handgun training, rifle, carbine, shotgun. You've got private training, workshops, active shooter, etc. Um, how many? Um, what's the right? I'm looking. I'm, I'm searching my brain for the right term here. Uh, how many instructors do you have? So I've got four other instructors that help me out if I need them, depending on class size. Um, some of them, you know, we've been talking They're, you know, getting kind of up in age and stuff. So they're ready to kind of step back a little bit. So I've got a few people that I'm talking to, to see what their interest is in possibly becoming an instructor. I've got a young lady that I'm working with. Um, Kevin's actually, she's been out to some of his classes and mm -hmm. trying to talk her into becoming an instructor because she's got the, she's got a background in teach, not, not really in like teaching, teaching, but she's worked as a nurse and kind of had to help teach other nurses and things like that. So she understands how to talk to people. Cause that's, that's the biggest thing. And you know, with this is everybody can shoot, but can you teach somebody to shoot? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So she does, she does a really good job. I've had her come in and help out with some of my permit classes and she's done really good helping people out in those classes with grip and stance and different things. So mm -hmm. just trying to get her a little bit more comfortable with being in front of people and teaching about guns and stuff. Okay. All right. Cool. Kevin, if you've got any questions or comments here, man, feel free to jump in. Uh, by the way, good to see you back over here on the show, Kevin Dixie. Uh, man, you you know, know, I know you're busy saying how sexy you are in the chat. Yes. Uh, I mean, damn it, have you looked at me? <laughs> now, come on, man. Trying, you gotta be trying, honest. trying not to. But no. <laughs> Just saying. No, yeah. you know, I, I think um, I've I've been up to Chris's spot uh, a couple of times, well, several times, all the time, right? Uh, Chris is um, uh, one of one of the people that I'm uh, really thankful for coming out to our first train and learn event. And you know, from 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 that moment, I, I think actually the first day he came out there from that encounter uh, that me and him had, and it's, it's it's public now. You can actually see me and his. This man is like two bears and like embracing like a polar bear and like a brown bear. Like, oh, oh my God. Now I'm going to have to basically erase that imagery from my mind. It's okay. It's all right, man. Don't, right. don't judge. Yeah, hey, I don't want to get don't into do you guys' teddy bear type situation. All right, I'm not, now. I'm not. And then we, we just became real cool. Chris is um a real solid guy. And, uh you know, he's he's uh, giving his own testimony about what Train and Learn did for him. And then, uh, you know, I... Went out to a school a couple of times. Now that I live here, I've been up there a couple, uh, several different times. Uh, taught there, also been a student of his. So it's um, he's he's a really really solid guy. I don't know I even have any questions for him uh, right now, but I want to encourage everybody. Like if you 
if you're in the Carolinas or you're down in Georgia, because he's only two hours north of Atlanta, so it's not like it's far from Atlanta at all. You know, go go train with the man, and like he said, he'll come to you. So guys, get off your butt. You got sometimes you got to bring the goods to your front door, right? Get off your butt, reach out, see how we can get into an area near you. But mm-hmm. uh, Chris is a solid guy. Got a great school, great um, great family. His wife is awesome. His daughter is cool. She's like the you know the the typical like hip teenager, right? Mm-hmm. So she's kind of quiet, but like mm-hmm. cool. And then, you know, then he's got these two mean-ass dogs, man. I, not a dog. <laughs> <laughs> One of them, all right. One of them, they gave, look, and Chris Chris knows his dogs will eat you up because when you walk in his house, the first thing he does is give you snacks oh. to give to the dog. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. and then, like, so the male dogs. So you give the dogs the treats for your own torture? And, well, for your own safety. Oh, yeah. for your own safety. Okay. <laughs> like, you're going to eat something. going to be the treat or you're going to be the treat. Like, yeah. pick a, pick a right? <laughs> so the male dog is cool, but he got this female dog, man. Look. Yeah, I don't I'm like you, even man. associating myself with dogs and food. You know what I'm saying? Unless it's my dog. You know, so the idea of like giving someone treats and then they get it's like telling the dog, yeah, eat this person. It's a if you want an extra big snack. <laughs> you know, they're not that mean. Oh, what it's kind shit. of what kind of dogs are two- we talking about? I got two shepherds. Oh, German shepherds. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're very territorial uh, animals. Awesome. And very intelligent. But, uh, God, tell me mean. about it, man. Lord have mercy. Yeah. The mean is all get out. My friend Mark had a German shepherd, and the first time he took me over to his place, he gave me this whole long talk on the way up there. Like, okay, so when we get there to the house, she's going to start barking and carrying on before we even get out of the car. And then, and then he goes on to this, then I'm going to go bring her out and you're going to get out of the car and then you're going to do, and I was like, dude, if we had to go through all these steps, <laughs> we should just not even do this. <laughs> Look, maybe it's something, maybe it's something with the female breed, but yeah, the, the so, but now the, my male came from a show line. Mm-hmm. So he's a little bit more calm than what the fe- the female came from a working line. So mm-hmm. it takes her, you know, a little bit to get warmed up to new people. Yeah, but now I don't have to go anything extreme, kind of like what you had to go through. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, I was thinking like, damn, I'm gonna have to take right. out. I'm gonna have to if if this dog tries to eat me, I'm taking out. I gotta take out the dog. But he was in love with his dog. Uh, you know, she's no longer with us, uh, Luna. But I was like, I gotta take the dog out and then take him out sometime at the same time. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. is this really worth it? <laughs> <laughs> but that but one thing I would say about German shepherds from that first time that never ever happened again. She was always she did bark and carry on and all that kind of stuff and he went through the whole thing. And uh and really to him that's I guess that was, you know, his way of saying like, "Hey, you know, you're you're cool with me or whatever. I'm introducing you to my dog." But she always remembered me. No matter where they lived, if I went up there, that dog remembered me after that. And I was like, "Oh. So those those are great dogs." Oh yeah, they're, um, they're super, super intelligent. I mean, they know. Like, if I sit down to eat, they're right there begging for food. They know when I got food, <laughs> especially certain kinds of food. It's like they know that smell, and they're all over it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But now, mm-hmm. now my daughter, if she's out, they could care less about anybody else in the house. They're right on her heels everywhere she goes. Yeah. Let me see here. We got some questions. I don't know if you guys are seeing any of the questions or the comments coming in. Uh, okay, Clinton Ox, Kevin says, "What up, KD? Been trying to reach you since the Solutionary Summit in Buckhead last summer." 
So that's from Clinton Hawks. Hope it ain't on Facebook. Please, Lord have mercy, uh, say it's on Instagram. Now, Clinton, one, if it, uh, send it on Instagram because that's where I'm most active at. I can only track so much of this stuff on Instagram. Best absolute way to get my attention is an email, info at noothertoice.com. That is absolutely the best way because uh, I'm in my emails all day. And, yeah, it's not intentional. Let me say that. It is definitely not intentional. But I will be honest with you and say the last time I looked, I had 264 DMs. So, and then while you're trying to answer all those in the line and give everybody their respect, it can kind of, you know, get convoluted, right? So, mm-hmm. not intentional. I don't think like, oh, I'm too good to respond to you, but shoot it over to me again. But the best way, dude, seriously, to get my attention is an email info at noothertoice.com, and I will gladly reach back out to you. All right. Very good. Very good. Um, Let's see, uh, who is it? Someone's giving, um, let's see, uh, I did get a comment here from Armin and Axis says, compliments on Chris and his awesome Gandalf beard. (laughs) There you go. Lots of man love, lots of man love getting spread around. Yeah, everybody loves the beard. Yeah. Um, And then someone, I think, go ahead. Except for Kevin. Kevin, yeah. Kevin doesn't like the beard. This is what I call um, racial disparity, right? <laughs> this shit ain't fair. Now you you look how long I've been growing this luscious man bush here, right? <laughs> oh my god! You know what I mean? Like look how long. Now don't get me wrong. This is this is quality here, right? This is good wool here. That's what that is. Oh boy. But shit, he can just wake up one day and be like, "All right, give me six months, and I'll look like fucking tactical Santa." Yeah, and, 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 and what happens, right? They just it just comes down nice and straight, you know. Yeah, it's all right. You gonna have an accident like Michael Jackson one day. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> someone sets you on fire. You know who? You know who that was. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, you know Make what? Make sure to wash my beard when I'm around him. Yeah, God does not hand out beards evenly. That's all I can say. You know, we should be we should all be equal in the eyes of the law, but we are not equal. I've been trying to grow a beard for like since I was fourteen or something. This is about as far as I get. So, you know, I just I, his daughter just asked, "Is Katie on TV with Santa?" See, oh. that's like a, a real comment. Well, is that it? Which chat is that in? <laughs> that's yours. Not it. That's from Clay. My daughter just asked why Santa was on TV with Katie. Oh, <laughs> I I. Hey, I do get I, I do get that a lot, especially from kids, especially from kids. Because oh. there was one we were uh, I was chaperoning one of my daughter's field trips, mm-hmm. and get there and we get out and there's of course there's other buses, other kids. This kid turns around, and I mean just this shocked, happy look. He looks up at me, goes, "There's Santa." So yeah, I do I get that a lot from the kids. Yeah, that's yeah. The, hey. Now it doesn't help. That see you can't see the way Chris is right now, but he's actually built like a freaking tree stump, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it does like he's like Santa that that like hits the gym, right? <laughs> so it's not like the yeah. So it, it's it's like Santa, and like you want to ask him for a gift, but think you then you think you might get in a fight too. So it's yeah. like a weird it's like GI GI Santa, <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah, I do see that from Kate uh, Clayton uh, Schlosser. Says my daughter just asked why Santa is on TV with KD. Um, that's crazy. And then uh, you've got more fan. You got a lot of fans in here, Kevin Dixie. 
let's see. I see my wife is my wife's in here. She's telling she says shave it. Shave it. Oh, Mr. Greg T says, who's that cute dude in the middle? Let's see, where's the shave it? Hold on, let me see if I can get back to the shave it. Uh Kelly, Kelly, there we go. Kelly says shave oh, so the wife is not a fan, apparently. Oh god, hell no, she hates it. Oh. Okay. She hates it. And then she hates it even more when people start coming up and complimenting it. Because I'm over there like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right in the wave. Hey, listen, nothing wrong with that. Um, let's see here. I'm trying to find... Okay, Brick says put some Rogaine on it. Hank, no. No. I'll, I'll, I will keep it natural. I will say, kind of side note, for anybody mm -hmm. trying to grow a beard... Don't fall into this crap with these people saying, put this gel on it, take these pills and all this stuff. It, it, I, it's not going to help it grow. So don't fall into that trap. You just got to let it go. Yeah, let it be what it is. Speaking of pills and gel, Simon Says Train says, uh, <laughs> I'm just getting shots in early because at some point here, <laughs> at some point here, Tony's going to start taking shots. Tony says, what's up, Hank Strange? Uh, Chris, he says, what's up to you, Chris? Uh, uh, Katie, what kind of gas station cigar are you smoking? <laughs> Damn it, it did not come from the gas station. Well, I don't know. I know it to me, so I don't know. Someone gave that to you as a, a gift. Yeah, someone gave that to you as a gift, right? Yeah, Tony is, boy, always has these fly-ass comments, man. Leave me alone. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, let's see here. Someone was asking. I'm trying to find. I'm trying to find this question because someone was asking about. Oh, here, uh, here we go. So, Night Train. Shout out to Night Train. He says, uh, "Question: Any plans for medical training?" I think that's directed to me. Um, yeah, I do. Lola and I actually do need to take some time and get some medical training in. Um, I haven't done anything like that for a long, since like back when I worked in hospitals and stuff like that. I think Lola has to do those kinds of things more often than I do because she's still working uh, in the hospital type environment. But we can actually um, all stand to do some, some medical training. Um, both of you guys offer that, right, in your classes? I don't offer it in my classes. I have oh, okay. somebody that I refer people to, um, Skinny Medic. Skinny medic, uh, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, mm -hmm. I send a lot, I send pretty much everybody over to Dietrich. I know I've had him out here and done some classes. So, it's I, our schedules really haven't lined up right now to try to get him back out here. But usually that's where I've gone. That's where, you know, I usually refer people to. I know Ken, I'm working with him on getting him up here doing some classes around shooting and medical and things like that. Mm -hmm. Okay. What yeah, medical, medical training is something that we'll be offering with no other choice this year, but we're still going to do it at a, a pretty um, elementary level, right? Just to um, make sure people are geared up. Uh, we'll get those certifications on the books and we'll, we'll start getting people geared up. I do think medical is one of those things that you can absolutely help people kind of understand how to deal with the car wrecks and some of those um, things that you might encounter. But it's also one of those things that you can't take lightly, right? Like, so I'm not going to pretend to get people in here and actually give them all these different life-saving techniques. Clearly I can do it. Um, I've done it several times, right? And it, it kind of goes back to even being a great shooter. It doesn't mean you're going to be the best teacher of a thing, right? So although I think I'm pretty good at doing it, I've saved several lives with medical. 
I'm going to uh, always uh, refer people when they want to really get into that 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 heavy stuff, right? Outside of yo, your kid you know, fell off a bike or got a broke leg, I can help you with that. But when you want to get really, really deep, then there are people in the industry I'll refer you to because they they eat, live, and breathe medical. So I'm never going to pretend to be better than them. I'll just get you over to them. Okay. Yeah, that's a good answer. Um, and Skinny Medic, uh, to me, is one of those guys out there. We've had him on the show before. We probably need to have him on again. Um, do you have some other folks out there that you could recommend, Kevin? Uh, yeah, I, um, I recommend um, Solatus Group. They're down, S-E-L-O-U-D-U-S. They're down here in Atlanta. Uh, they came out and did a Black Guns Matter class for us. They were, they were really, 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 really good. Um, Salada's group is good up in St. Louis. If you go to Prime Protection XTL, they actually have a medical physician that comes in and does their medical courses. Uh, so if you're up there, let's see who else travels. Skinny Medic, I will obviously uh, refer people to Skinny Medic as well. And I'm trying to think anybody off the top of my head. Then there are schools that that do it by bringing other people in um, uh, medical classes. I'm trying to think because I believe yeah. Ken used Salada's. Yeah, I don't know. Those would be three to start with. Yeah, and I think that. Um you know, uh, I think I'm trying to, rem uh, let me see. I know at Valor Ridge, I think that there, there are some medical classes that Patriot Nurse does up there, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I believe that they've done some stuff. If you guys, that's just what I can think of off the top of my head. A lot of local schools have that kind of, have those kind of classes too. I know, uh, GTR, Gainesville Target Range here in Gainesville, every now and then they have those classes. If you look around at, at the at your local um, ranges and stuff like that that do classes, you just probably have to check the schedule maybe once a month or every few months or so they may have, or you know, there's folks who move around and do those kinds of things. So if anyone's looking into that. Uh, big shout out to Is Your Six Covered. I saw him uh, in South Carolina at the uh, gathering at the sawmill. Uh, thing there so big shout out to uh, Rick from is your six covered who uh, basically Rick was supposed to wait around for me um, so I can get a, a, a ride in the Gurkha but didn't didn't wait so you know um, so there you go yeah I hate I missed that I was I was hoping I was gonna be able to go but mm -hmm. I just had so many people signed up it was gonna be too much to try to shuffle people around mm -hmm. yeah Okay, let's see. Um, okay, and then I guess your daughter is on here too. She says the dogs are watching you right now. Oh, God, yeah, that's probably her. Yeah. Yeah, Chloe, yeah, that's my daughter. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. And and Stanley Walnut says, Smoking a Man of War uh, Reunition 10th Anniversary by A.J. Fernandez. Friggin' Tasty Stick. Hashtag Burl King. That's right. So there you go. That's right. That's yeah, right. I see somebody was asking me about, um, yeah, I, I do teach kids. I've got intro classes where I can teach kids gun safety. Um, I've even got, so I kind of have two different options. I have the options of them being able to shoot live weapons if parents are comfortable with that. Mm -hmm. And then I have the option of doing some, which I don't think I have any around me right now, doing some simulation style shooting i've got some of those cert pistols that i use and then i've got software on my computer that'll let me draw the outline of a target on the wall and actually have them engage that target and it lets me see where they're shooting you know kind of lets me look at trigger press and different things like that so yeah I, I do have my intro to firearms is that's what that's set up for yeah that is set up for either kids or 
adults looking to buy their first firearm. Yeah. So there you go. Um, so yeah, I see a little bit of hate out there on uh, my mention of Valor Ridge. I'm going to stay out of that right now since we have some other things going on, but I don't know where, where that's coming from. Um, although it looks like someone who I've seen here on the chat before, I'm not sure what that exactly is all about. So there you go. Look, everyone out there, you can, if wherever you are, you can find the closest places or travel around or do your research and all that kind of stuff and figure out who you're comfortable training with and, and all of that or what you're, what you want to spend and all that kind of stuff on it and, and do your thing, you know? Um, are there any standards for that? If, uh, that's probably something we could talk about here as a question when it comes to training, are there standards of what the costs are, etc.? Uh, I think it really depends on the area. You know, for where I'm at, I'm fairly competitive with people in my general area, mm -hmm. uh, but I'm also cheaper than what, you know, some of your high-level instructors are. But now, I mean, that's, you know, they're on a different level. So, I mean, mm -hmm. I, I, I'm not going to sit here and say any of them are charging too much. Mm -hmm. You know, I would, what, two to $600? Usually have been the time. It has been the the what I've seen, looking at most of the schools. But not, mm -hmm. you know, that's for your average one two day class. Mm -hmm. You know, you start getting into your three day five day classes. You know, you're probably going to get up in the mm -hmm. two to four thousand dollar range, depending on you know what all they're going to be providing for you. Yeah, I think the biggest thing though is do your research and make sure they're still going and learning themselves. Mm -hmm. I think that's that's the biggest problem is a lot of people get to where they feel they are at that instructor level and they think, oh, well, why do I need to go and train? Yeah. Um, I think that is a good point. Teachers should always, uh, people who are teaching things should always be re, you know, re-upping on they themselves getting taught stuff, right? I hear Kevin talking about that. Go ahead, Kevin. Uh, you didn't get a chance to answer in, answer on that one. Uh, the first thing I always tell a, tell a, a student is the uh, first thing I want you to do is think about you and what you're trying to achieve, all right? Mm -hmm. So you don't need you need to pick something that's tailored to you. And I know when we start dealing with firearms, people think that, oh, you know, it, it's all grimy and guts and glory. I mean, I mean, to a degree, that is part of the real conversation. But, you know, even looking at someone whose persona and teaching style you're going to learn better from, right? You understand as being an adult how you learn how you like to be communicated with and things of that nature. So, uh, A, what are you trying to achieve? And then B, finding the class or the individual or the school or whatever that fits around that for you can go learn. Um, mm -hmm. So, so like, you get some people that are like, hey, I've been shooting a gun in my cousin's backyard for 15 years. I want to come to your, your, you know, your level two class. No, mm -hmm. you can't. All right. I was in the military. I'm coming to your level two. No, you're not. Mm-hmm. I was, I'm a cop. I'm coming to your level. No, you're not. Mm -hmm. You're not. Stop thinking that you're going to be granted that, right? You, you, you have to understand that there are certain levels that everybody needs to work from. And even if you are a phenomenal shooter, show me a phenomenal shooter that doesn't say you have to make sure you work on the basics and you have to drill the basic thing and you have to get the fundamentals in, right? Um, plenty of the world-class shooters that I know, talk to, and friends with, they'll always run around and jump in someone's entry-level course because they're they might hey I I haven't taught entry level stuff in, in six years mm -hmm. this guy might have 
new that he's introducing that I can use to might better secure myself. So first, just find something that works for you. Find the, the teacher that you think is going to be best for you um, and then go out. And as far as spending money, yeah, you're going to be between, um, depending on what you're doing per day, you're going to average about two to 400 bucks per day mm-hmm. uh, for training. And, you know, you have to think about it. If you got somebody that's been doing this, let's just say for 15 or 20 years of their life, you might only be paying them, I don't know, 20, 22 bucks an hour, somewhere in that ballpark Mm -hmm. to go out and give you all this information they know. That's the deal. That's the steal. Mm -hmm. Right. You got people that are that are that are doing, you know, warehouse jobs making that nothing against that. But I'm just saying, like these people are investing to their craft. Mm -hmm. uh, We have to understand what to pay for that. Nothing wrong with the guy too that's going to offer you that quick, you know, hey, entry level 75 buck course. I'm not going to say anything's wrong with that guy. He might, might be a phenomenal teacher. But just understand different things come with that. My biggest thing is don't be afraid to go back to the basics. I went to South Carolina and trained with uh, Steve Fisher, who's a been there, done that kind of guy. It was kind of a, a higher speed class with red dots. And we're out there having a good time, 700 rounds. Oh, this is the day when ammo was was plentiful. Never 700 rounds. Uh-huh. And we got out there and we, we put in work. I'm out there with the dudes from FN. We're out there with, you mm-hmm. know, uh, law enforcement. And we're, we're all getting it in, you know. And, and it's great, right? We had a fun, we had magazine writers out there, like we're all getting it in and doing it. And then, you know, I chopped it up with Steve and unfortunately they had a, they had a day two coming up, but I was, I was like, hey, I promised Chris that I was going to attend his beginner level pistol one-on-one course, right? And I drove two hours and went down and took Chris's class the very next day after taking a class with a guy like Steve Fisher. So always never be afraid to go back to the fundamentals and really uh, uh, hone in what you possibly could work on. But Oh, I want to jump out the car and be like a Navy SEAL for what? Where's the water? What the hell are you doing? Like, I don't get it, right? Just what is realistic to you? What is really going to apply to your life? What is really going to be something that can save your life that you might run into every single day? And once you've thrown that up, then, yeah, man, go out and do the high-speed, low-drag stuff. Have fun. Spend your money. Get the experience. But don't be the dude that spent, you know, $2,000 on a training weekend to do something that you're clearly never going to apply to your real life. And if you get in a real-life situation... You don't even know how to, you know, uh, use kinetic skills to get a good shot off. So just balance things. Be honest with self. Yeah. And I think that the um, conversation about the cost of training could get, I mean, it could get really crazy. It's just like the talking about like the cost of guns and stuff like that. It really depends on how specialized is that, you know, who's giving that class, where is it, you know. But I think you do have to respect... um, you know, the, the particular situation you're in. So an introductory class might be on, you know, some kind of flat range or easy access kind of range. I don't know a better way to explain that, but not necessarily um, the same as a range where you're going to do some long distance shooting, right? Where you could shoot three, 600 yards. And, and that's not super long distance either, but that's different from a place where you go and you're getting an introductory class and you're shooting at 10 yards or whatever, right? Uh, there's CCW classes out there that are like that. So, you you know, as Kevin said, you have to respect what it takes for that person to get out there, the materials, um, time. Yeah. Marketing. Other trainers that are involved. I've been, you know, I mean, you, not a lot of those classes don't happen with just one, one instructor out there, dude. <laughs> so you got to have training equipment. You got to have training yeah. guns. You got to have rental guns for people. Yeah. You always have to have extra this because people don't have ear pro and eye pro and you yep. have to be able to provide that. Then you got your bags. Then yep. you have your insurance. Then you have your LLC registration. Then yep. you have your travel costs. And people are like, oh, I want a deal. Man, 
you boy, <laughs> you know, it is and you, you want somebody that really cares about their craft and they have all these different things invested in it. And like we said, you want you want someone that is going out and constantly learning new things themselves. Right. Well, guess what? That means they're spending more money to go out for their own professional development to, to be able to bring the latest and greatest back to you. So we don't walk uh, around normally um, and, you know, debate and try to negotiate every other thing. Like you walk in Walmart, you pay the price. Right. So your training is going to be that. And guess what? I saw somebody put it in the chat. Good training costs good money. Mm -hmm. it just does. Yeah. It just does. It does. Period. It's true. Um, you know, just to use this analogy outside of training, I was sitting in the barbershop the last time I got a haircut, um, and probably like two weeks ago. I was supposed to get my haircut today, but uh, I didn't, which I can get into later. Anyway, I was sitting in the barbershop getting my haircut, and a gentleman comes in off the street to get his haircut because he saw the barbershop sign. And he sits down, and my barber is like real polite to him and everything. He's like, oh, can I help you? The guy says, oh, I'm here to get a haircut. My, my barber, shout out to Mo Money, he said, uh, oh, let me give you a menu here. You know, he gave him like a flyer with the prices. And I see the guy looking at that thing for a hot second. And then he goes, um, I think I'm going to find another barbershop because <laughs> I can't afford this. Now, the, the, the uh, you know, an average haircut there, entry level haircut is 50 bucks. And this guy was like, oh, this I'm not I'm not paying 50 bucks. There's a reason why Mo charges that, not just his skills, but all the different things that he does when he's cutting your hair and all that kind of stuff, all the different things that are involved in it. And for him, it's not worth it to give people that $10 haircut that they're looking for, right? That you might get the, the, the folks who just came out of school, etc. I'm not knocking it. If you're the dude that gets that $10 haircut, do that. You know what I mean? I think that, and if someone listening to this is going to be, oh my God, what are you talking about? I enjoy getting a, a proper haircut from a barber that's skilled, and there's lots of different things that goes into it. You know, there's steam, hot towels, you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm trying to get the beard manicured and all that kind of stuff. So to me, it's it's worth that price that I'm paying, and, and I think that's this is just a reality when it comes to most things. And people have to think about that and see it that way. Um, that's just that. Let me uh, flip over here to another thing here. I don't know if there's any uh, further comments on that. Is your six covered says, with all due respect, just, okay. <laughs> with all due respect, which is always like a, you know, getting ready to say something. I like hate that. when people start. I hate when people start with <laughs> yeah, that. Rick is, Rick is a good dude, so I don't think he means anything by it, but just, yeah. Uh, with, all due with all due respect, just asking, do any of these teachers go compete to see how they match up with other shooters? So that's from that's what well, so. so here's the thing with that. Mm -hmm. So com there's a, there's I think we all understand there is there are competition mm -hmm. and competitive shooters, right? That is a different genre of shooting than mm -hmm. uh self-defense forward slash tactical shooting, right? Mm -hmm. That is a different genre. Most competitive shooters mm -hmm. on a competitive stage will mop the floor when most self-defense slash tactical is just a proven fact. Now, there are people that do both very well, right? There are, you got your Frank Pockters of the world. You got people out there to do both very well. Mm -hmm. You're, um, what's my man's name? Uh, Rob Latham. He's another guy. Like, they do both very, very well. Uh, but for the most part, bar for bar, those are two different genres of individuals that do things, right? Uh, when it comes to competition shooting, one thing that they have the advantage of is plotting the course, seeing the stage before they execute it, and they get to play kind of a game, right? It's mm -hmm. a game. It's the point of it. Uh, to be better in a, a tactical self-defense realm, 
you don't have that opportunity to map out, say, okay, the bad guy's going to be there at six o'clock. I'm going to dump two of him and go find his friend. Like, so it's, it's just a different, it's a different mindset. So, yeah. um, and even if it was equal, I don't think that anything is gained from any instructor standing up and having necessarily a shooting competition with another one. Now, look, my, a lot of my students in class challenge me all the time, mm-hmm. right? They'll, they'll be like, it'll be toward the end though, right? It's like, like a Bruce friendly Lee type of thing. Yeah. You know, like yeah. a friendly thing. And guess what? I've made several hundred dollars playing this game with them. Right. It's all it's all good. Uh Right. But it's not it wouldn't be about can can Chris outshoot Katie or can Ken Scott outshoot Katie or can this guy shoot out? Who can teach you? Mm -hmm. And are they teaching you? Our job is to coach. I want you to be better than me. Mm -hmm. That is my goal Mm -hmm. is to make sure that you're better than me, because we have to make sure that you're better every day because you don't know the threat that you're going to encounter. Mm -hmm. So my my job is not to look at Chris or look at Hank or look at anybody instructor or not and say oh i'm better than you my job is to make sure you're better today when you leave than when you showed up and then next time i see you i can help you evolve to the next level so no i'm not interested in going out having have i had friendly shooting competitions with people yeah and then um they messed around and put me in a, a little commercial a couple years ago standing next to jerry Mikulik. guess how that shit worked out for me right so you know, it's, it's, yeah am, am i um Am I, am I even interested in that? No. Do people have friendly competitions? Yes. But sure. does that mean that if this instructor mopped the floor with accuracy and timing over this other instructor? Does that mean that this dude can actually teach you better? No. No, absolutely not. This guy might not be bad. He still might be above par, but he might actually be the better coach and the better teacher for you. Mm-hmm. So we, we can compete all damn day long, but it's mm-hmm. still going to come down to who can teach. Yeah. Period. Yeah, and I'm right. not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure, and I'm gonna let Chris answer this. I'm not sure if Rick from Is Your, is your Sex Covered is talking about instructors going and then like competing against other instructors, or is he talking about? It's it did sound like that in the question, or is he talking about instructors going and taking classes from other instructors just to see how they're giving their thing? And I think you know, there's there's folks who um. You, you could be a good coach, but you might yourself might not be coachable. And I think that's one of the things about people, you know, instructors going and taking uh, classes from other instructors. And in general, I, I'm not an instructor, but in general, I see lots of instructors do that. And they, you know, they go and they get coached and they make themselves coachable. Uh, mm-hmm. But the, the competition thing, I'm not super sure. And I'm sure a lot of that happens behind the scenes. Um, what do you think? What do you think about that, Chris? So... <laughs> I, I agree totally with what KD said. Um, you know, I want to start competing just because I want to start competing. Okay. I, I see how much fun that is, mm-hmm. but it has nothing with me trying to go and say, okay, I'm an instructor, so that automatically makes me a better shooter. I know going into the competition world, I'm going to be totally new. There's going to be so much that I'm going to probably have to learn to become really good at it, but I don't – ever compare myself to you know another shooter you're always going to have people that are going to shoot better than you mm-hmm. and that's not anything you're always going to have somebody that's going to play better basketball than you better football you're going to have somebody that's going to box better than you better you know you get into martial arts you're going to have somebody yeah. that's going to you know have better technique Katie, than what somebody's going to be better looking than you man it's going to ha- it, well it already <laughs> happened right here <laughs> that, that, that happened. 
Okay, none of these dudes. Look, look uh, I'm the sorry. I, I think I think Chris, you know, Chris is is killing you in the beard game. So no, that that that's racial disparity. We ain't gonna talk about. <laughs> so yeah, you want some beard reparations? <laughs> but I'm right. Even when I was even when I was powerlifting, mm-hmm. I didn't go into that trying to compare myself to another person or making myself, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Think that I'm going to be because there were people that were stronger than me. There were I, I lost. There were competitions I lost because there were people that were stronger than me. It's it's mm-hmm. it's going to happen. You want, if you start comparing yourself to other people, then you're never going to reach the level of where you want to be. Because mm-hmm. if if I sat here and compared myself to other shooters, then you you start. That's when you start doubting yourself. Like mm-hmm. shit. Look, he's running. You know, a .75 draw to first shot, and I'm over here running like a a one one draw to first shot. Like I'm never gonna. You start doubting yourself. You start getting all those negative thoughts, and then that's when everything goes to shit, and you just don't want to do it anymore. Yeah, so I would never even know. I don't even know what that is. I know that's some kind of like timing the beep thing, right? Yeah, the time shot timer. Yeah. Timer, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, but I, I think when you now, as far as now, if the question was. Hey, what about if like to your 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 rephrasing of it, Hank? If the question's like, "Hey, do you go like train with other people like uh, and like see how they're teaching?" Oh, let me let me tell you something. Once I pay money to come to your thing, I'm still in something because I paid for it, so I still say I'm still in it, <laughs> right? Like, but oh, yeah. Okay. Hell yeah. Look, oh, now, I thought you leave with like a stapler or something. <laughs> like, I mean, take, I might you take I might, I might <laughs> take a couple of rounds of ammo if you drop it. I'm not gonna say that I wouldn't, you know. Right. But what I what I'm what I'm what I always tell people is that if I introduce something, this is just how I operate. I just think it's good professional standards. If I introduce something into my curriculum, if I think that well of it, and I introduce it into my curriculum then I'm going to give credit to where it came from, mm-hmm. right? I'm going to say, hey, I was exposed to this via this person, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I think this really fits into the the lesson that we're learning right now, and we'll, we'll move on. But I always, even though nobody's recording, nobody's looking, nobody's going to know, I still, from a professional standard, want to give credit where credit is due. So if I've learned that and absorbed that into my lessons from other people, which I have a lot, I'll often say, hey, this thing, this is what I picked up from this person. This is why it's going to work, and we continue on with the lesson. So, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, let's see. I don't know if, Chris, you had anything else to add to that there. Uh. I, I, I've So I've done, I, like, sometimes I'll do little competitions at the end of class just to kind of break the training monotony, have a little bit of fun, let everybody kind of cut loose a little bit and, you know, I've got in and ran some of that, like, you know, two to the chest, one to the head, so you can get it done the quickest. And, I mean, I've had people that I just taught that just outran me in that competition. Mm-hmm. But I don't sit there and go, well, hell, I might as well not even be teaching. Mm-hmm. You know, it, you, you're always going to have somebody better than you, and you should use that to drive you to be better, not to sit there and compare yourself and think, all right, that's how I want to be. Yeah, I think um, I think most people. I, I would say that most of the the the, uh, the instructors out there would agree with these guys when it comes to that. So, I know there's always a little bit of competition out there. I mean, everybody. I'm so. If you've played sports, you've got a competitive bone in your body. So I mean, it's it's being able to yeah. be competitive, but also be. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, humble, 
Yeah, yeah, hum, yeah. Be competitive. Be competitive, but be humble. Mm-hmm. You know, when you start, it's when you start like, okay, it's a friendly competition, and then you get mad. Now you don't want to talk to this person no more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pride gets hurt a little bit, yeah. Look, yeah, you, you, I honestly just don't care. I tell yeah. people that all the time, like, yeah, I, don't I watch people do things. Important. I don't think that's even important. I mean, I'm not saying, I'm not saying it's not a factor at all, but I'm not looking for that when I'm going to train. I'm not looking to tr- see. This is one thing about competitions. I did want to say, I don't want to learn how to go to competitions and win prizes. You know, and I get, I'm not knocking that at all. I think there's lots of guys that make good money or get really cool guns or whatever it is from, from doing competitive shooting. You know, we have Mike from MW Tactical on and all that kind of stuff. I think Mike's mostly competing with himself. A lot of people, as as you guys said, are like that, but I don't want to get trained in that way. I don't want to get trained in like a competitive shooter way. You know, I want to get trained in a practical way. And I think there's an art of self-defense and I want to learn that art of self-defense. And then when I'm in the situation, I'm going to react based on the situation because it's so fluid, you know, versus like someone who's competing against pieces of paper and, a, you know, in a set course or whatever. If that, I don't know if that makes any sense to you guys. It's just the way that you absorb it and the way that you view it. And it's, it's not right or wrong. It's, and once again, it's you saying what you want to do for yourself, mm-hmm. how you view it what your perception is. You're an adult. You can process information mm-hmm. and that's your decision. It's not right or wrong. It's just mm-hmm. what you want, which is you're right. <laughs> like you have the right to make that decision. Mm-hmm. I also think that when it comes to um, that whole competing thing outside of like competition, like competing mm-hmm. with other people, other instructors, it's like, I get it. There's a bunch of, you know, uh, you know, measuring that goes on. And here's the way that I view it. Guess what? When I show up to anybody's course, I'm standing around anybody. I normally get real quiet. You know, I'm just listening to what people have to say. If there's a dude that's been doing this twice as long as me, I'm probably going to spend more time listening than talking. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just the respect, right? It, it, and I would want somebody to do the same thing for me. Uh, but I'm never trying to compete because you will lose yourself. You will lose what you're trying to do. There, is, there, there are millions and millions and millions of Americans that own firearms. Now, only a portion of those individuals are ever going to actually train with those guns. And I think we understand them. We're trying to get those numbers up, mm-hmm. but there are still out of the people that are training. Your job is to present information, uh, maybe put out some teasers of what you can offer them and sell a product. And at the end of the day, I'm happy that Americans are trained. Yep. You know, I, I, am I a little offended when you see people like trying to steal your mojo? Like one thing that annoys me mm-hmm. is that when you go out and you start building a network of different places to go train, Right, which is another thing that instructors have to go through. You got to find ranges, you got to get contacts in different cities, mm-hmm. and things like that. And once you do that, the thing that does annoy me is when people like watch you and follow your path. Like, so you will tag <laughs> this place in Nebraska, and then all of a sudden they're DMing the place in Nebraska. Like, yeah, I can come up there too. I do not like that. That is bad etiquette to me. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it's not proper. Um, you should at least play a compliment and say, hey, man, I was thinking about reaching out to these people. I saw you working with them because you then you're trying to basically go up there and absorb that market from someone, right? Instead yeah. of saying, hey, I would like to kind of work together. So I, that's probably a distasteful thing I don't like, but it's also minor. But other yeah. than that, but man, you I can worry also, about you, 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 you can also burn a bridge like that, I think. I mean, I think I see that in, on my side of, of what I do, that there's people who see me deal with a company or something like that, and then they jump out there and reach out to the company with no regard to like what it took for me to do that. And a lot of times, not all the time, but a lot of times that makes the company think, oh, now everyone's going to start calling us or trying to do this thing. And 
There's no respect for necessarily the whole process you had to go through. And there are a lot of people that like to do that. I, I tend to not, like if I see someone else doing something, I don't want to go down that path. I go down my own path. Or even if I see what they're doing, I go, oh, maybe I'll try to build a relationship like that over here. I think there is a level, I think I can relate to what you're saying. I kind of don't like that myself. You know, and you create problems when you just reach out and do things like that because you saw someone else do it and you assumed it was, you know, that easy. But that's one that's one of those things. Um, let me let me encourage everyone out there. Smash the thumbs ups. OK, we need you guys to smash the thumbs ups. Help us override the algorithm here. Chris, did you have something that you wanted to add to that? The Yes. Yeah, so Rob Latham did a really good video where they asked him. You know who's the better shooter the competition shooter or the tactical shooter and it's a it's a quick video i think it was maybe four or five minutes long he does a really really good job of kind of explaining that and his answers around it i thought were really okay. really good but pretty much you know summed up he pretty much said you know as a competition shooter i'm looking at how i can cheat at shooting mm. he said if you want to be real about it as a competition shooter i'm trying to find every way possible to cheat at shooting mm-hmm and, but he said, not cheating to where I'm cheating to do better, but he said, I'm just looking at a way to cheat at shooting. He said, your tactical shooter is learning to be more of real life where you're not going to really necessarily cheat at shooting. He's like, your tactical shooter isn't going to go running into a building with yeah. something with a three, you know, a gun with a two pound trigger in it. Right. Or, or a lighter load in the, in, in the firearm. Yeah, I think right. I, I think I understand where you're coming from with that. Uh, yeah, if you're if you're doing anything competitively, there's these set of rules, and you always want to get right up to the bleeding edge of the rules in order to exactly. give yourself the advantage to win. Versus, if we're calling it tactical or or probably even defensive, those are fundamentals that you're training into yourself so that you know how to react if your firearm's not working, if you're in a certain situation, you know, that's kind of cheating because you're practicing, but but not cheating because you're preparing yourself for any like real life situation. There's a big difference between people who can who can do fighting inside of a ring with rules and like real die like, you know, the dude who actually fight like in and the that's streets. What I that's one thing I and talk about know, in, in the mindset. Uh, no, go ahead, Kev. Yeah, yeah sorry. Go ahead, Kev. A, a, great, a great example of what you just said is Kimbo Slice. Mm -hmm. Remember when Kimbo Slice had all those street videos and them backyard brawls, and he was, oh, my God, that dude was a terror. And yeah. then when he got into the ring and it was more organized and structured and rules, eh, it didn't quite work out for him. <laughs> the same guy. Yeah, yeah. But it didn't that's... quite work out for him. But I, I yeah. think if you would have took those same dudes out of the octagon and said, no, let's go back in the backyard again, then maybe it would have changed up a little bit. So, yeah. And, and you know what? Ultimately, for me, and I don't I don't really disagree, uh, you know, with what anybody is saying. I think for me, if I got American shooting guns as a win. Right. So I, I kind of treat I kind of treat the competition tactical thing like I do politics. Like I'm just in, I'm like I'm just here. Whatever's right is right. So. Um, hey, if Americans are shooting guns, they're having fun, they're learning. If you want to compete with people, great. Um, to me, there's only so much time in a day, though. There's only so much time we have in life. So for me, uh, yes, I've done competitions and got beat up every time I did them, right? Because these guys do it every day. They do it two, three times a week, right? I do it once every two years, right? So, yeah, I got beat up pretty good, but I did it to raise money or whatever the case was. Uh, but at the same time, I know that with everything that I have going on in my life, just like you all have things going on in your life, where do I have time to focus? My focus for my personal life 
is always more geared toward what's going to be more practical and functional if I step outside of my front door and something happens, right? Mm-hmm. So, or in my house or wherever, right? So that's just where I invest most of my time and energy to for that development. But that Kimbo Slice thing is a great plug for what you said about, mm-hmm. you know, out in the streets versus in the ring. Mm-hmm. True that. Um, let me get this in from Kathleen Music Lover real quick here. This probably happened a while ago. Um, and, and by the way, what's up with people not smashing the thumbs ups, man? Seriously. We got a lot of people in here hanging out with us. Smash those things. Figure out how to hit the thumbs ups, okay? Um, just a, as a personal favor to all of us here. I think this is a great conversation. Uh, so Kathleen Music Lover, I think, is um, uh, trying to press some buttons here. Maybe, you know, but let's see how you guys take it. She says, uh, training equals gung-ho to use your firearm. Ben. No, it doesn't. No, see, I, I'll... I will totally disagree with that because I see more people with no training being more of the gung ho. Mm-hmm. More the, the the people that come in and do training, especially everybody that I've dealt with, none of them are that gung ho. All right, I'm trained. Three percenters, militia, overthrow the government. You know, I have never met anyone in my whole time of doing this that's actually been. Like that, it's usually the people that I see that don't do any training, that are more of the the gung ho. Like I'm probably sure she's referring to, ready to go out and just cut loose, overthrow the government, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I everybody that I have met has been very level headed, very calm. They're here to learn and be able to protect themselves against whatever could be thrown at them. But they're not coming in taking this to go out and just throw that in somebody's face. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I Kevin, think, I'm gonna know, let you yeah, I'm gonna let you respond to that. Literally the name of my company is No Other Choice. Mm-hmm. So we we start off every class, I start off, remind, and end with remember, we are here to save lives, right? You never cause a negative impact to another human life mm-hmm. uh, unless you're at a point of no other choice, right? So think about that, right? We extend God's grace and mercy to others as we want extended to us, as long as we don't allow someone innocent to get hurt. And then if you are pressed against the wall, if you are left with no option, if you've exhausted everything, at that point, then you utilize the skill set along with the tool to do the job that you need to do. So I don't, I don't, I'm going to, I'm going to vehemently disagree with that. Um, now, Matt, now, is there a person out there that might have that mentality? Sure, there is. Right. But no, it's it's about making sure that good Americans protect themselves. Uh, leaving people gun ho would 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 say that, you know, the students of mine that I've had survive self-defense shootings um, were gun ho in their shootings. And they weren't because then they would be in prison and they're not. Right. Mm-hmm. So it is it is definitely um, a mindset that comes. I think the majority of good people just want to come learn how to be better. They've invested money into this thing. Right. Like, how do I really use it? Right. How do I really get better at the mm-hmm. at using it? And what do I need to compliments and things like that? I don't think most people are coming in. I think most of the people that are broadcasted over like, you know, uh, sensationalized journalism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like they might look like that. Right. Like they're they're out there and they, they say certain things. And it's it's like to Chris's point, it's a overthrow the government kind of a mantra attached with it. And and then it's spun in the news a certain way. So I can see where that imagery comes from or that thought mm-hmm. process comes from. But Majority of, of good people just want to come. They want to learn how to be good with the thing that they invest the money in, period. Yeah. Um, and, and there might be, it's possible that there are a few trainers out there maybe that are pushing that kind of like gun ho narrative. But 
I mean, I have I haven't really seen that, so I could you know I could see that I could see that because you do have a lot of trainers that stay under the radar. You know, they just want to work with you know their local people, mm-hmm. and I, I I could see there there's possibly some trainers out there that do kind of push that mentality a little bit while they're teaching. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could I could definitely see that, but. No, that's not something that that I push here. And you know, like Kevin was saying, you know, I, I tell people I don't. Te- I'm not teaching you this because I want you to get a firearm and something happens. Mm-hmm. I'm teaching you this because I want you to make the right decision when that happens. Now, mm-hmm. also making them understand that. Now, I'm not saying make that decision by sit there and tell the bad guy, "Hey, wait, give me just a couple minutes. Let me think about this." Uh-huh. You know, it's something that's going to be split second, but. It needs to be that split second of, okay, I've got to take my gun out and I've got to eliminate this threat. Mm-hmm. And, you know, also teaching that a lot of times just taking your gun out, free stop, get down on the ground, will eliminate a threat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's, um, let me see here. Let me get this comment in from Simon Says Train. And uh, let's see. He says, there's no training company called, I wish a, a MF or would. <laughs> the mentality <laughs> of, of trained self-defense is different than someone that wants to be John Wick. Um, yeah, you know, uh, I think that, um, I, I think there are people who believe that. And I'm not sure, I don't see Kathleen Music Lover. Uh, I don't know if she's still in here. Uh, so I'm not sure exactly what the intention was of that comment. Maybe she was trying to get us to have that conversation. Uh, um, that's how it feels to me, like she was trying to get us to have that conversation. And I see a lot of folks in here responding in what I think that are good ways. You know, people in, in, in essence saying that you train so that you don't have to fight. But if you do have to fight, you have, you know, the skills that it takes for you to survive that on the end. I think, uh, let me see, I'm going to go back here for a second. Um, LV Louis Cipher had, um, I think, a really good comment. He said, no one wins in any sort of fight. You survive a fight. You don't win it. No, I, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I mean, it's, I argue it's, with... yeah. When it comes to violence, at that point, there's no real winner and there's no real loser. It's who's surviving and who's not. But, mm-hmm. too, that's where I feel a lot of your law-abiding citizens have that hesitation is their they're scared about the repercussions from that, but trying to get them to understand is, look, yes, pulling your gun and shooting somebody is doing violence, but there's a fine line there between pulling your gun and shooting somebody because they called your mama fat mm-hmm. to pulling your gun and shooting somebody because they're getting ready to pull a gun on you or they're coming at you with a knife or they're, you know, already doing harm to somebody. So, getting them to understand yes it is violence you're doing but you are protecting yourself mm-hmm. so just because you're having to do the violence to protect yourself doesn't mean you're going to be in trouble mm-hmm. yeah right and that's uh, that's why even when chris said you know he tells people like if you're going to go train with with with, with kd if you're going to go train even with guys that i'm, I'm bringing up under no other choice we're working here right because realistically when it comes to drawing the gun and using the firearm if you want to be have a better shot group, give me an hour, and I'll have you on a good path. Give me an hour. Mm-hmm. And we just talk about good shot, right? Mm-hmm. If, if that's what you want to do, uh, you know, 
seven yards. You want to stack rounds on rounds on rounds. Uh, when I was just doing the recording down there with the PDN network uh, in a in a laughing manner, when I was uh, we were on live doing something down there in St. Augustine, and when I was stacking rounds, I was shooting a gun, and I'm I'm at seven eight yards at the most, and you know I was you know just shooting rounds, and it was like, well, that's an embarrassingly tight group, right? Mm-hmm. Because if you want to know how to to do that, it'll give me an hour, maybe an hour and a half with you with a 15 minute lunch break, plenty of water, and. 60 rounds of ammo. I got you. We can do that. But when it comes to performing and being a thinker and being a, a, a person that has to process information and uh, how do you respond? How are you going to handle what your body is going through? This is These are all the things that we should be covering. I, I like to tell my students the reason I take the approach and I call my classes evolve, right? They're not called advanced anything. They're called evolve because we're evolving you as a performer with a firearm, but we're also evolving the way you think and process information. Right. Because you have something to lose. I don't need my students out there blasting away and losing their pension, their homes, their freedom, their families. You know, even if they survive the fight. Right. I don't need them to be at the losing end of it afterwards. And then they lose everything that they were they were trying to protect, um, which is why which is why my classes will push you. I don't get it wrong. I will push you. Ask Chris about the range bag. I will push you <laughs> <laughs> at the same time. It's we'll about it's about, about the range bag now that you uh, that you can make it home. Right. I, I'm not going to give. I don't know, man. Everybody's got their own philosophy. My philosophy is to teach you how to be very accurate and very precise with that tool you've invested in with a sharp mind and teach you how you can use whatever physical attributes you have to be excellent at the job if you need to do the job. But I'm trying to keep you from being in that situation in the first place. And I'm trying to make sure your mental uh, that goes along with that, your legal woes, the money you have to spend and self-defense uh, defense counsel and all that. We, if we can eliminate that, we can. Hell, even if I have tell people all the time, one of the best tools you have and best abilities you have is running. Right. Like sometimes you just need to get the hell up out of there. So um, and that's different. Right. If we start talking about military law enforcement students, that's when that mentality changes a little bit, because these are the guys. Uh, and I would say mainly uh, uh, law enforcement, especially military is those guys are normally retired military because right? right military has their own training divisions and training units. So normally you're dealing with the guys that are retired that are still trying to, trying to stay sharp enough on their skills. So even with them, if they're still going to charge into something because that's what they were doing for 8, 12 years of their life, and they notice how they're going to respond, great. Yeah, so that's a different aggressive mentality mm-hmm. uh, because you are responding. You're trying to eliminate that threat. Uh, but with the, the the plumber, you know, we still want you to be just as good tactically as the, the the military guy, the law enforcement guy, we want you to have the same skill set, but the way you apply it is going to be a lot different, right? Yeah. So um, I just think that people should take a step back. I don't think we're trying to create a bunch of crazy uh, loonies that are just running around doing stuff. But if you are having something on your waist, right, that is, if you use it, it's going to have consequences, then what's wrong with teaching you how to utilize that tool to the best of your ability and be responsible? Like, what's wrong with that? No, I don't think I don't think that there is anything wrong with it. And, um, you know, I think also a lot of times the, you know, I don't think people are taught uh, avoidance of those kinds of situations in the first place. Right. The best way to avoid a lot of things is don't be in that position in the first place. Um, And that may sound silly to some people, but I think that there's some of us who have a propensity to um, live in uh, very dramatic situations <laughs> where it's more likely that stuff like that's going to come up. Um, and then some, like for me, man, if if there's people who I have to fight with every time I'm around those people, I don't want to be around them. What am I doing? 
Like, do I really want to hang out with you if we have to fight every time we're around each other? I'd rather get away from you. Now, you can't, obviously, you can't do that all the time in your life, right? And hopefully, we'll never get into those kinds of situations where we have to save ourselves. But I don't think that you lose out from getting some training and having some understanding of what it is that you do. Now, are there people out there, I think, who do this kind of stuff because they think if they take those classes, now they're a cop? You know, or sometimes you hear, oh, you're shooting better than the guys do in, you know, the FBI guys do when they do their thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> if you let that stuff, and you know what? It's one of the things that I've seen. Like, so you get your CCW, and we, I think Kevin and I have talked about this before. And then there's people who literally get badges. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah. I've seen those. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, know what I, think, talking about. I think that's the bigger you know, the bigger thing, because taking the class to get your CCW is not the kind of training that I think we're discussing here. Although that may be the start of it, that may be the beginning of you doing something. You're doing a class to get your, your permit to carry something. But then there's people now who take that to another level and they have a badge or they do this thing or that thing. And I think that's just like an idea in the mind that, yes, there are some people that have that idea that now they're somehow like paramilitary or whatever it is that goes into that and that's yeah. a mindset that's making you look for a situation instead of avoiding it which is the best way to win anything i'm not saying to be a punk or anything like that but the best way to avoid it is avoid those places you know that you know you're going to get into something with so and, and even when you even when if you if you pre present if you're in a situation that just sparked upon you and you present a gun this is when thinking becomes very, very important. And mind you, you have to do this stuff really, really, really fast, mm -hmm. right? But, you know, I often tell the story about how my family literally would not be alive today if I didn't have a gun, right? Mm -hmm. If I was not armed that particular day that that man was trying to kill my wife and kids, then I would I would have no wife and kids. And that's three lives that a lot were four because his ass was going to meet his maker. Mm -hmm. uh, but that would have been, um, you know, very, very tragic, another family lost. But even in that situation, mm -hmm. when that guy went to go present his gun and I was able to get on that parking lot, you know, and, and, and uh, create a barrier between him and my family. And when he was grabbing for his gun and I presented my gun faster, right, because I've been practicing clearing garments and getting my gun out. Right. And when I was able to get my gun on him, have a tactical position and be ready to address him. Yeah, because he was pulling a gun out of his waistband, the simple presentation of that gun, I could have taken his life. Right. Right there in that moment, I could have taken his life. But you know what? Behind me was my six year old son who had climbed out of his mother's arms and turned around and put his knees on a seat and was looking out the back window. He's only about six or seven yards from the guy that was trying to attack them. Right. A car length away at most. He's only that far away from him. So if dad would have made that decision. Right. To take that cranium shot on that gentleman, because that was the, uh, the best part that was presented to me at the time. If I would have took that cranium shot on that gentleman, I would have been effective. I would have stopped the threat. It would have been all legal because he's actively pulling a gun out of his waistband. He had all, all the words and all the burberries and everything else to compliment it. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, KD could have shot a guy that day. Everything would have been cool. So so the public would think, right? right. What does that do to that six-year-old just, just watch this guy's brains get splattered across the parking lot? So what happens when I have to go to my son a year later and discipline him? How fearful might he be of his dad, right? Like, Oh, I remember the last person that pissed you off, mm -hmm. you know, um, and so we have there's a lot of different things we have to think about. Now, would I have ended that gentleman? Well, gentlemen, would I have ended that guy's life if he would have proceeded on? Sure, I would have. But he made the determination 
to tuck the gun back in his waist, man, throw his hands up and run away. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Right? Like over at that point. Threat's gone. He's running away. Now, obviously, I'm watching his ass and making sure he stays gone. But we don't that's, – that's my point. We – we have to be thinkers. We're not evil monsters. We're not looking to end life, right? Because even when a gun comes out, does not mean you have to depress that trigger. Mm-hmm. It just means you better be justified why it came out. But it doesn't mean you have to depress that trigger because you have to process that information to be a thinker. Just yeah. do. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, I I don't think I ever heard that story. I don't know if I, you know, if you really want to get deeper into that. Um, I could say, you know, I I don't know if I know Kevin. You heard of the story of um. Oh man, his name just popped right out of my brain. The ra- there was a rapper from from uh, Texas that got into a self defense situation. Um, Bun B. Bun B. Yeah, and I'm not sure if Curtis, if if Chris, sorry, what did I say, Curtis? Chris, I'm not sure if you're aware of that. But this is a this is a kind of thing that happened with him that they came. Him and his wife came home. They were on the road for a while. He came home. Someone knocked on the door. He was upstairs in the bathroom. So he took his gun off of himself to go to the bathroom, um, and then the guy pushes in with a gun and is putting the gun to his wife's head. So he comes down naked with his gun. He goes and grabs his gun and comes down and gets into a shootout with this guy. And I think it, it goes outside of the house, and I think the guy did get hit, but it goes outside of the house, he catches up to the guy, and then he holds the guy there until the cops come, right? And I think I saw... Go ahead. Say that again, Kevin. I think yeah, he's with the guy inside of the garage, inside the car. Yeah, he shot into the car. Yeah. So you know, and then I think the cops came, and I saw in the interview him talking about it. He said like the cops told him, "Oh, you should have just taken this guy out or whatever." <laughs> no, he but he didn't do that, you know. And uh, I think it goes to what Kevin was just saying. Like you know, it's not a thing. Uh, I I don't know about other people, but I think. Most people and myself, I'm not doing this so I could take someone's life from them. It's only if I'm really backed into that corner and I really, really have to do that. I want that option in my life to be able to make that decision to somehow be able to to fight back and not be in a situation where I have to beg someone for my life. And then they have now they've got the option to take it and I can't do anything about it. And we see that so often in America. We see it recently and and everyone gets on their side here politically, but there are people who get trapped in the middle of these things and they're facing evil, horrible, broken people who are using a tool and it could be any tool, it could be a car, it could be whatever it is, you know, um, and, and, it, and if it's a gun, those people are deciding to take out other people's lives and the people in that situation have like no options of what they can do about that, you know? <sighs> And that's that's the thing that I'm talking about. And often, you know, um, it's like I was looking at the the recut of uh, Justice League, right? The Schneider cut or whatever. And there's that scene in the bank with Wonder Woman when these kids and all these people are there in the bank, and the guys, d- these guys have decided they're gonna kill everyone. They'll either blow up a bomb, so Wonder Woman throws the bomb away, and then they decide they're gonna take guns and kill the people. And there's Wonder Woman with her, you know, with the bracelets blocking the bullets and all that. Um, that's not reality. <laughs> that's no. not, that's not, it's not reality that you're going to have a Wonder Woman there necessarily, or a, a hero there to save you. It's very unlikely. Um, but it is reality that you would have bad people who decide to do bad things. We've seen that in churches, you know, the guy who, 
uh, went to that church a few years ago and took these people out, did it very slowly and methodically, and these people were begging for their lives, and they didn't have the option to, to get rid of that monster, you know? So that's, that's the reason why I think I do it, and a lot of people out there do, and when these things happen, people are like, hey, I, I, I want to have this option, but it's not just enough to get the gun. You want to put yourself in some kind of training situation so that, you know, there's pressure being put on you and people are looking at you from the outside. This is what discipline is, right? Discipline should come from the outside of yourself and you, and you need discipline um, to be better if you're concerned with that. So, um, yeah, Chris, did you want to say something here? I, I think, I mean, everybody should have a gun and get training. And if you own guns and you haven't got training, you need to get training because it will make you look at things very differently. Um, Cause that's, you know, I saw somebody in here earlier talking about, you know, why do civilians need to train? And it, it just, I kind of rubbed me the wrong way and I was ready to jump all over that and kind of, but I mean, civilians need to train because I mean, when I was in the military, we, you don't just, or, Anybody in the military or law enforcement, they don't just go running. All right, here's your stuff. Go out there and fight. Mm -hmm. You know, it's we did before we went overseas. We did months and months of training in advance before we were even. All right, all right, let's go. You know, everybody does in a professional standpoint, whether it be military, law enforcement, contractors, they do training. You know, it's why would you not want civilians to be trained because you know, I've had those people come up and tell me, well, we've got, that's what law enforcement's here for. I'm like, okay, law enforcement isn't everywhere every time. They have response times, and the majority of their response times are slower than the time for your violent encounter. Most of your violent encounters are going to be seconds, if, if a minute at most, maybe two or three, but there's no response time that's five minutes. You know, that's one thing I, I talk about in my permit classes here. You know, we've averaged the surrounding counties here and average response time is 25 minutes. Yeah. Because we have large counties around here and we don't have really the police force to cover it like it needs to be covered. So, you know, about 25 minutes. I mean, hell, pizza, there's pizzas that cook in the oven long quicker than that. Yeah. Also, you don't know what kind of training those people are coming, uh, what kind of training or practice. Um, do you any, so I don't believe that people should be compelled to get training and all that kind of stuff. I don't believe that. I'm not trying to force anyone to uh, do no. anything. You know, we're having discussions. You are responsible for your own self. If you want to make yourself better, if you truly want to be prepared, that's this is all part of the equation. There's one thing of getting training. I don't think I don't know who trains every single day. I think there's training and then there's practice. And I don't think everyone practices every day. But there are some people who do train and then practice every day. <laughs> you know, no, I don't, I don't think anybody of... should be forced to do anything. Mm -hmm. You know, it, nah. it's you know I tell you, you know everybody's like, well, that training's just a little too expensive. I'm like, what's your life worth? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I'm sorry, my my life is worth more than two, three, four, five hundred dollars. So, you know, I, that's the big thing I ask people when they say, "Yeah, I, don't, I I practice. I don't need training." And, you know, that's great that you practice, but mm -hmm. at some point, you're missing something in your practicing that only a professional instructor 
is going to see. And it, it's funny we're talking about it because I had this conversation with a gentleman I'm doing some private classes with. And it's just small little things that I'm noticing in his shooting. And he's like, how are you noticing this stuff? And I'm like, well, I, 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 I told him, I said, I'm not being a smart ass. I was like, I wouldn't be, you know, an instructor if I couldn't, if I did notice this stuff. I'm like, there's some people out there that say they're instructors but won't see this stuff. And I also told him, I said, me going and taking training from letting other instructors watch me and see things that I'm not seeing help me see things that you're not seeing. Because there was some stuff I went down when uh, a couple weekends ago and took Kevin's Evolve 1 pistol and rifle, and there were some things that I was doing that I had never noticed that he had pointed out to me. So that I think that's where the benefit of training comes in. Yes, it's great to practice, but there's some stuff you're probably not going to see when you're training or when you're practicing that, that an instructor will see and be able to point that out and help you make improvements on it. Yeah, I don't know why Kevin Dixie dropped out there for. Where did you go? Yeah, oh, there no, he I'm goes. back. Oh, there he goes. He's back. back. Like, yeah, yeah. Captain. Yeah, and, and by the way, I'm not trying. I wasn't trying to beat up on Kathleen Music Lover. I don't know. Um, I don't know if okay. she's here or not here. Yeah, she's always she's always here in the show and everything she's like perfect. that. I think I I personally believe I don't know if she's here anymore. I don't I'm, I don't see any comments from her. But I think she was trying to. I think she asked a good question. That's why I brought it up, because there's folks out there who who, um, you know, people who see things that way. And I'm not sure whether or not she sees it that way. So whenever she gets a chance there, she could, uh, she could let us, uh, let us know what she thinks about that. I don't, I don't think that it was, um, I think it was a good thing. And we actually talked about it for a long time. So, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, I think, uh, but, and you know, which kind of, well, Hank, I don't know. What's, what's your next segment? Are you going to, uh, well, I, what are you guys, I was going to, no, I was going to, I was just going to ask you what you guys want to talk about. Hit us with something, Kev. Well, I, I definitely think, you know, it would be remiss, uh, we would be remiss if we didn't mention um, the unfortunate uh, recent incidents, right? The matters that are making national news. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not, I'm not, even when it comes to training, I'm not the dude that comes out and says, well, if those people would have had training, I don't think that that's an okay approach. I don't think that I want to get into that conversation. It mm -hmm. was what it was and it is what it is. Mm -hmm. um, however, in that particular situation, what I would like to point out is in, in Atlanta, which is, you know, that incident happened. I could get in my car right now and beat her in 20 minutes, mm -hmm. right, from where I'm at. And if it were you that mm -hmm. owned a gun, and let's say you were thrust into that situation, right, if fate had you be there at the point, do you want the ability and opportunity and some understanding about how to keep that idiot from taking your life? Mm -hmm. even, even if you're not thinking about anybody else's, right, because I'm not going to put that on you. Just mm -hmm. yours, right? Mm -hmm. Like, what if you walked in at get a consultation on what a massage would cost, right? Mm -hmm. And he comes in and blasts the, the secretary. Do you want a chance to defend yourself, right, if, in that type of situation? Yeah, if I if the opportunity is there, and I and I could just say, like, with the with the uh, deputies that we lost here in the county that, that I live in, they never had that opportunity. And and not all of us will have that opportunity. But if, if fate so gives me that opportunity, yes, I do. I want that. And then even even recently today, which is something that is in the news. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. And I don't know what this dude was going to do. Maybe he was just an open carry advocate, but I don't know what the hell he was up to. Mm -hmm. But at a public supermarket, 15 minutes from me, mm -hmm. we had a guy go in and walk into the, the grocery store. Right. And, and, you know, it was a grocery store that was attacked in Colorado. 
So people are obviously very sensitive about, you know, grocery stores right now. Um, and he walks into a grocery store carrying an AR with body armor on. And when the police, uh, he went into the restroom, like he walks in with the open gun, body armor, and I think a bag or something, and walks straight into the bathroom. So police people were calling 911. I don't know what he was doing in the bathroom, but the police were there waiting on him to come out the bathroom. So I don't know if he was just relieving, moving. I don't know what the dude was doing, mm-hmm. right? But um, when they get him, he's got, which I'm not offended by AR. I'm not offended by body armor, mm-hmm. uh, but he wound up having a second AR. I'm not offended by that, but he also had three handguns in the bag too. Um, mm-hmm. With, or like, what are you, what are you doing? Right? Did, like what, you walk. What, what was his intentions? What, what's going on? Like, so is it a good thing that the cops got outside the door? Was this dude just advocating for, I don't know what he was up to, but it looks, mm-hmm. it looks bad. But the, the thing is, if people are going to, let's just say, for argument's sake, he was up to something bad, right? Mm-hmm. I shop at Publix, like, mm-hmm. all the time. I've been to that one that he was in mm-hmm. several times. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying he would have walked in with AR, would have shot him, because guns don't shock me like that. Like, I, I don't get like, oh, I'm more, ooh, he's got a Daniel defense. Awesome, right? Like, that's how I am. Mm-hmm. But everybody's not like that. But what if he did turn, you know, you know, loose, then I want the opportunity. Mm-hmm. If I have to be, I want the opportunity to at least be able to defend myself. So, and I'm not a dude that's dealing with law enforcement anymore. I'm not a guy that owes anybody anything, right? But at the same time, I want to make sure that me and mine can can make it to where we need to be. Now, because of what I've done and the things that I've seen, am I, you know, apt to, to jump in and help somebody that's innocent in a situation, especially depending on how it's laid out? Sure. Mm-hmm. All right. But I'm not going to put that onus on a lot of individuals. Uh, so we, we have to make sure that with all this, all these, these people going around out here, uh, and I don't mean just the people that are getting brock blasted over uh, uh, media. I don't talk about the dude that will just stab you with a knife in the neck. Just evil people that exist. Mm-hmm. You want a fair opportunity to be able to defend yourself against them and it doesn't matter. I think when people often get confused when they say, oh, well, they're law enforcement. Well, they're military. Well, you're a carpenter or you're an IT guy. Tell me that the value of that human life changes based off your job. It doesn't. That, that is, it's the same value. Mm-hmm. So if, if the police are not training, their training isn't to make sure they can necessarily get there and help you. Most times the situation is over with. Right. Why do you think they carry guns for you or them? For them, right? They're trying to protect <laughs> behind them. Like, hey, I want to make sure I'm okay. Now, if I can help you, absolutely, I will. Like that—that's part of the job. But I'm carrying a gun uh, to make well, sure. I, I mean, obviously, well, and then obviously, as the Supreme Court said, as I'm sure someone's going to remind us here, the poli- police officers the... have no obligation to uh, to protect, protect you or anything like that. Yeah. So have um, your like value of the life behind the gun is the same. I don't give a damn what your profession is. So for me. Hey, I, I'm, I'm just a, I'm a dude that does things. But you know what, man, I don't. That's why I don't walk around with an aura like a lot of people do of what I have to prove to you and how tough I am. Mm-hmm. I come from shits. I come from roughness. I come from terror. I was bred in this shit. So now that I can actually, you know, like have a snow cone and like, like walk around and be happy and like pet puppies, like uh-huh. I'm enjoying this side of life. Right. Like this mm-hmm. is awesome to me. But I'm also very well aware of the evil that walks the earth and the evil that exists. So, no, I don't have to walk around like a super tough dude. I don't have to, right? Because I understand what you need to do in response to situations when they get really, really bad. But mm-hmm. at the same token, I'm training to defend my life because I want to be free to pet puppies and like cat videos on Instagram and uh, teach my daughter how to ride a bike without uh, somebody being able to accost her or me 
in that situation. And I think that I fit the mold of 99.9% of Americans. Yeah, I agree with that. Chris? No, I, I, yeah, I'm right there with him on that one. I mean, you know, for me, training and stuff is so I can protect myself and my family. If I can help other people, yeah, I'm going to help other people. I mean, hell, I have a safe in the back of, under the back seat of my truck with an AR, 8 to 10 full mags for it, a Glock, 8 to 10 full mags for it. And I keep, you know, a plate carrier and a belt. Everywhere I go, that's in there with me because I know the response times of what it takes for cops to get there. So if I have the tools and the skills to be able to, you know, first it's, and I tell people this all the time in my permit class stuff, you know, my first priority is my family. I'm getting my family. This my carry, my everyday carry gun is to protect me and my family, get them to, which is back at the vehicle. Then if the cops have not arrived and I know there's still threats in there, I couldn't live with myself knowing I have the tools and the skills in there and help them. So I'm going to go back in there and help them. I'm going to put that shit on and I'm going to go back in there and help them. You know, why my wife understanding, okay, hey, my husband's in there. He's a permit holder. He's in there helping. This is what he's wearing. But when I hear the sirens, I'm putting all that stuff down because they're coming in looking for nails. They're the hammer and they're looking for the nails. So I'm putting my shit down. But now if, if I get back and they're already arriving, then none of that stuff is coming out. But everybody's like, why do you ride with that stuff? And I'm like, look, why, why would I, I keep a jack in the, you know, a spare tire? Mm-hmm. I keep a fire extinguisher in case of, why would I not want to have this just in case something happens? Mm-hmm. And I mean, I go a- everywhere. When I went up to New Hampshire to see my buddy, all that stuff comes with me because you, it's not, you never know when it's going to happen. And when it does, it's not like you can be like, hey, time out. I got to go home and get my stuff. Yeah. I mean, why do we wear underwear? <laughs> Well, why not we everybody. Wear, if, if why do we wear underwear? Right. No, you're right, but not every, But now, not everybody wears underwear. <laughs> okay. Okay, Chris. If you're if you're signaling something to us, I understand, brother. But you know, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not a commando person. I, I wear my boxes. But yeah. I mean, you I mean, know, you are, you are a marine after all. So look, however you do it, you know, I'm not judgmental on it. But for the rest of us. The rest of us that wear the underwear, ask yourself that question. What are you wearing it for? Is it like a decoration? <laughs> right, right. No, or does it right. have a purpose? Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Every, everything, everything has, everything does have a purpose. It's just some people take that purpose and blow it way out of proportion because at the end of the day, I don't care what people say. It's not about making you safe. It's about control. Yeah. And I it's think, you know it's know. like. It's like everybody, you know, a lot of people say it says it in there, gun control. It doesn't say gun safety or this is for your safety. It's gun control. It's all about control. Yeah. And like what happened in Colorado, I think Colorado pretty much has all of that stuff in place that they're trying to push with um, H.R. 8 or H.R. 1446. Colorado has a lot of laws already that were supposed to prevent everything that happen yeah. laws don't prevent shit we can no. make, man can make up all the laws of nature are one thing <laughs> you know but man can make up all the laws he wants to that hasn't ever stopped anything you know and, no, and, and on you a know, planet with seven billion people you know all all your laws don't do anything so well england england's a perfect example they banned guns knives went out of control now they're banning knives mm-hmm 
So I'm assuming probably baseball bats are going to be next. They'll probably get out of control with people getting killed for base with baseball bats. And then they'll, you know, eventually they ain't going to have nothing. Mm-hmm. I mean, so evil, people have been killing people since people were on earth. Yeah. It's, it's, David, it's a harsh reality. It's a look reality. at David, David and Goliath. What did he use? A freaking slingshot and a rock. rock. Mm-hmm. And a rock. So, I mean, evil I mean, people are going to do evil things no matter what they have. Yeah. There's, there's, carry there's, go ahead. I'm just saying, carry yourself in a manner to where, you know, you can you can do what you need to do. And then even when it comes to training, we talk about the other things like situational awareness is how to, you know, to, to, to avoid things happening and or, you know, minimize it anyway. You know, do things like, you know, carry a good flashlight, you know, have some sort of medical knowledge or I'm not saying you have to go to thirty five thousand classes, but have some kind of medical knowledge because the chances are you're going to be you're going to see way more car accidents than you will shootings. Right. So uh, be able to to help out in those kind of things. And really, it's about just being a good person that's trying to defend who you are. Like it, it, it's, it's all this this imagery of and I get it right, because we, we all see it and we all absorb it. In one way or another, like, yeah, I'm going to be and I tell people all the time, like, hey, we're not here to teach you how to do barrel rolls across a Buick, which is not mm-hmm. right, because it's not going to be the reality of your life. Nine times out of ten, we're here to make sure that you have the mindset and the skill set to back it up if unfortunately something happens to you. But just remember, you're here to save life. You're not here to take a life. Sometime a life being lost means that one had to be lost for one or two or ten or fifteen to be saved. But uh, this mentality of people train and we're going to all of a sudden, you know, turn into these uh, ninja warriors and be aggressive. Like, I, I don't see that. If it wasn't for training, I can name several people right now, if they hadn't trained with their gun, they wouldn't be alive. And I'm pretty sure they would attest to the fact that they didn't enjoy doing what they had to do. It's not something they brag or boast about. Um, that's why I get a little annoyed, too, when people are like, hey, everybody should talk about the time where they shot a person. For what? For what? Mm-hmm. For what? You know, like, we don't need to do that. Unfortunately, things happen. But save your life. And if you ever think that you're going to be able to legislate the evil out of a man's heart, you're sadly yeah. mistaken. And I think, well, that's, go ahead, go um, ahead, go ahead, Chris. Well, that's like, you know, I've had people come in and I'm sure you've probably gotten it too, Kevin. Um, when people start asking, have you ever had to shoot somebody? And I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, what the hell does that matter? What is shoot somebody or not? I mean, I don't understand where that comes from. Now, if you want to talk about mindset, that's that's great. We can have that conversation around that and having that mindset. But it's, it seems like they just want to know if you've shot somebody like, does it, OK, if I say yes, is that going to make you think I'm a better instructor or a better shooter? It shouldn't. I mean, I, I don't even think that should be a valid question that should be asked in that situation. You know, now, if it's a class where we talk in mindset, OK, we'll talk about that mm-hmm. because you have to have a different mindset once you put a gun on your hip and you've got to understand at some point it's going to come out and you're going to have to take somebody's life. I think so. So it's probably uncouth if we're talking about etiquette of questions to ask your instructor or trainer. I mean, yeah, I could definitely put that in the category of no. But for the source of it, you know, I'm, I'm a sci-fi. I'm a sci-fi kind of guy. Right. Look, check it out. I'm here. Let me share this for a second here. I got to. I got to brag, right? Check that out right there. I'm rocking my Star Trek The Experience Cup right here. That doesn't even exist anymore from the Las Vegas Hilton. So just to just to prove my sci-fi... Oh, look, check that out. Kevin Dixie is doing... Uh, yeah, there you go. Trick. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's, he's doing it there. 
Um, and I can show you guys a trick here with that in a second. Um, if we if we want to get into competitions, but I think you know it's like in Dune. It said you know one of the, my favorite lines from Dune is "Fear is the mind killer," and I think the the source of a lot of questions like that from people are fear, you know. And I think when people, it's not like where you are in your journey of gun ownership, or where Kevin is, or where I am, or where the folks are out there. It's not where everyone is automatically. And I think when, when, when folks come into this, you have to realize like there's all these things that have to get diffused, right? There's all this programming and stuff like that that goes on from the media, from family and friends, and, you know, just things that are in, in your own mind or whatever it is. And I think we're constantly trying to have to decode that. And even in situations like we're in, you know, every time there's a shooting. And I remember, I remember feeling this way when I first got into guns. Every time there's a shooting and the media is putting all this stuff on, there's that question in my mind, like, you know, what, what's going on here? I used to feel that way, right? Because that's the whole point, fear. I think that's what it comes down to. And I think that's what Kevin was talking about when he said, hey, I want to be able to go out there and have snow cones and pet puppies or something along those lines that Kevin said. You know, people want us to be in fear all the time, and we have to diffuse all these different fears that we have. And I don't feel that way um, anymore, right? Now that I'm further along in my journey, when these things happen, I've, I've realized that, you know, the I don't think, oh my God, because I'm carrying a gun, I'm the issue. I think this is why more people want to carry guns. But if you want to diffuse the fear that you have, one of the things that you could do right hate to bring it up because i know some people hate to talk about training but that's what you guys do that's what we're here to talk about one of those things you could do is go get trained you're gonna see you're gonna see other people like you you could talk to them you can ask questions i don't know i don't think there's any stupid questions so you can ask chris that one if you want to <laughs> and get the I don't, no no no, no i don't i don't think it's a stupid question mm -hmm. you know i do think it's a, a valid question but i think there's a a time and a place for that question. And to me, in a, a in a training class, where especially where we're dealing mainly with live fire, mm -hmm. you know, I don't I don't really think that's a place. Now, if it's my stay alive class where we're talking about mindset, situation awareness, things like that, hey, I think that's a great question to ask. Yeah, you know, because that's something because the mindset around that is definitely something that needs to be discussed. Because when you take somebody's life, even if you're protecting yourself, you're never going to be the same. Yeah, but you can't. You can't sit and dwell on that knowing that you just killed somebody. You know, it was you or them. Mm -hmm. Trust me, it's probably going to be way – they were probably going to do way worse to you than what you've done to them. Yours was probably going to be a slow, painful death where really what you did was quick and pain, quick and painless. Yeah. Well, someone's going to have to do some thinking. I think that question comes from a point of view – probably of the person asking it of their fear of if they have to kill someone. But the question is this, if, if that person, as Kevin says, if you're backed into a corner and you have no other choice, the options here are they kill you or you kill them, right? Or they wound you or you wound them, right? Something, something like that's going to go down, you know, and, and this is why, this is why we do these things. This is why we have the conversations while you go out and have the training and you think about all this stuff before it happens, because you need to resolve these things in your mind. Sorry, Kevin. I know we're, go ahead. No, Kevin. no, no, you're fine. I just think when it, when it, when it comes down to like the question that was asked to Chris, I, I get why people ask it, right? Cause there's this, this mentality of 
how can you teach me to do it if you haven't done it, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 what what I what I often tell people is this: I'll say, okay. And I'm not going to, I don't put out a lot of my personal business because I don't be understanding the statute of limitations sometimes. So I'm really <laughs> careful about the stuff. Right. right. Okay. Right. However, let's just say that, that I've never shot someone, but in a self-defense situation, I beat them to death with my bare fist. And I happen to be good with a gun. So I clearly have shown that I have the ability to kill a human being, even though I didn't have to use a gun in that situation. Does that make me less capable of teaching you? And if there is someone who, let's just say this, this mother who really didn't have a lot of firearms training, but, and there are plenty of stories out there like this. I have a student that was part of one of these stories, um, is being attacked maybe domestically and uses a gun to defend her life and that the individual died. Does that automatically mean that the next day she can get out there and start teaching tactical self-defense classes? No. Mm -hmm. Right. So. There, there, that I get why people ask it. I, I totally understand. How can you, the mentality is how can you teach me to do uh, if you haven't done? I also think that there's some, there needs to be a much more reserve to that. And I think that if you were measuring, measuring that thing, then you are walking into the class looking for the ability and the reasoning around killing someone. And that shouldn't be what you're there to do, right? Now, if you want to talk about like when the SEALs go train, the Delta Boys go train, I mean, yeah, they do different things, right? They dropping out of helicopters for a damn purpose. They're there for a reason, right? But when it comes to walking around on American soil, doing the things that we are supposed to do here, I think that asking that question, if you believe that it just takes somebody who has the propensity to take a life, but what about the people that are shot and wounded people? What about the people that have beat people to death? They just happen to have a gun at their disposal. Maybe they didn't think they needed the gun. It doesn't mean that they can or cannot teach you better. And it doesn't make the mom that had to use the gun to defend her, her family's life. It doesn't necessarily mean that the next week she is going to start tactical self-defense classes that can go out there and teach people to do what she did either. Mm-hmm. So th- what I'm trying to say is, is it's irrelevant. Mm-hmm. It really is irrelevant. Can they teach you? Because despite you're the one equipped with the mindset. So if they've shot 10, 20 people, I have buddies that have dropped dozens of bodies. Mm-hmm. I, I do. Right. And we have these conversations often. But the mm-hmm. thing is, well, what's your mentality? Because even if I was able to do it, I can teach you all day long about this tool and I can teach you about mindset. But when it really gets to it, are you capable of doing it? Mm-hmm. Are you capable of doing it? All right. So you need to make sure that you understand self. Don't worry about me. I'm just trying to give you all the tools I can to make you better equipped now. When you get when the brass meets tax, if you can do it, you can do it. If you can't, you can't. So I'm not trying to say that it, it makes guys that have done been there or done that. It makes girls that have been there or done that any less or any more qualified. I'm just saying ultimately it's irrelevant because I can show you all day long. Uh, but when it comes to actually taking a human life, not everybody's going to be equipped to do that. I've had plenty of people that I know that was that say, hey, man, the only reason Second Amendment all day long. But the only reason that I don't carry a gun outside of my home is because I'm not sure that I'm able to take a human being's life. I might be able to push that envelope in my home, but I know outside of my home, I'll just be another victim because I'm just going to let them take the gun because I'm not I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm going to be built to do that. And you know what? I don't force them to carry a gun because mm-hmm. that's their mentality. That's their truth. We can revisit it, but not everybody's built like that. So I don't I don't I, I see why they asked the question. But I think in the end game, it's kind of a relic. Yeah. What do you think about that, Chris? No, I, it's 
I don't know. It's just one of those questions that's always kind of irked me every time I hear it. You know, it's, but no, I, I mean, to his, you know, his point, yeah, I'm sure there's, mm-hmm. you know, some there looking at it, like he said, you know, are, you know, how can you teach me when you've never been involved in it? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, so be it. You know, have I, now my situation that I had was honestly totally different. I was in the military, I was in another country. So, I mean, I, I don't really kind of really compare my situation to something that would happen here. Mm-hmm. Yes, I was defending myself, but, I mean, just everything about it was a totally different situation than what you're going to run across here. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I, I do think it's, you know, irrelevant. You know, I, I, I do understand why people ask that question. But, you know, like you were saying, with to me, and it's an old, I don't know, I can't ever remember where I heard this, and it's always kind of stuck with me. Without fear, there wouldn't be courage. Mm-hmm. So, yes, you know, just because I teach this, I've been in some shitty situations, that, that doesn't mean I still don't have some fear, but the training helps give you that courage to push that fear to the back mm-hmm. and push past that so you can react and you can be the one going home to your family and not going six feet under. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Greg T says... Um Great sports coaches can make a winning team, and some were never a great player. Or yeah, I don't know. There's some that's never even players. So no, I've 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 met some coaches that never played sports, and yeah. were very good coaches. Yeah, you know. Um, and then the other thing, you know what? It's it's funny. Um, I think a lot of people, a lot of human beings, don't even know how to say no. Do you know that? Does anyone ever think about that? There are a lot of people that don't have the skills or the training to even say no. Yeah, yeah, I can see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I agree. I agree. Yep. So this is one of the things. This is where a lot of us need someone else to to teach us that hey, you can say no. (laughs) There is this word as no. It's look, salespeople use that against us all the time. They realize that most of us don't want to say no especially if someone uh, makes friends with us. Well, guess what? People looking to make you a victim play the same game. They make friends with you, and then they push you in directions, you know, to see whether or not you're that person capable of saying no. So if, as human beings, it's difficult for us to even say no, how much more difficult is it for us to use any kind of force, forget about guns, to use any kind of force to stop another person from doing anything? Man, look, I, 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 I definitely see where you're coming from. And, I, and, and unfortunately, people like that do exist. And I totally like the sales tactics reference, right? Because that's absolutely true. Like timeshare people do that a lot. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. it, it's, it's definitely a true thing. And I think that people need to realize, right, it might not be the, the sexy combative thing to say. But guess what, man? At the end of, at the, end of the day, we aren't doing our – we aren't doing the freedom community any justice – by sounding like homicidal maniacs that are looking for an opportunity, right? Um, so we have to be very, very careful about that. Taking, forget taking a human life. Have you ever been in a situation, it's just a, a thought process, where you didn't even have a gun and you had to do something to somebody and you're getting the notifications that you don't know if they're going to wake up in a hospital or not, if they're going to come out that coma, mm-hmm. right? Um, and if you haven't been in that situation, let me tell you something. It's interesting. Right. Mm-hmm. When you used your hands, your bare hands. Right. And you, you, you could have ended a human life. So 
all this this glorifying or wanting to glorify, yeah, I, you know, I dropped this guy and I put this guy in the dirt and I did this thing. Well, then I, I have that conversation and the knife guys have all the time. Like if you talk to a knife guy, he'll be like, yeah, but that ain't personal. A gun ain't personal. But I put that blade in you. You know, that's a more of a, uh, you know, a personal thing. You really got to be affected with that blade because it's up close and it's nasty and it's personal. Same thing with hands. And I know people that have um, had to you know, injure some people pretty badly with a with a blade and they don't brag about it. They're just saying that people that carry guns or rely on a firearm always have this fantasy of taking life. Like, but you're 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 doing it in a mindset that you're probably when you're thinking about it, you're probably not gonna be prepared to actually execute on it, which is the reason why in many situations you see law enforcement slow to come out of their holsters. I know that the the stories of police shootings are out there, but if you really go back into the history of it, there are cops that have lost their lives because they didn't want to pull their guns. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. Yep. Uh, that didn't act fast enough, that were trying to talk their way out of situations um, and didn't want to go to the gun and have lost their lives. There have been civilians that have come to the same fate. So look, man, understand who you are, be honest with who you are, train yourself for what you believe your reality is going to be, understand your own capabilities. You don't have to get on Instagram or YouTube and lot of me, Chris or Hank. Be honest with yourself and then go out, like I said earlier, go out and get the kind of training that is going to be adequate to the person that you are. But that homicidal tendency that Oh, I can't wait to blow somebody's heads off, man. Like, I don't know. To me, it's if you got to do work, you got to do work. I'm going home. That's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I'm going home. But at, and if I don't make it home, then I won't be able to sit here and tell you about I'm injured. You're going to have to kill me because I know my mentality. But at the same time, I'm not looking for a reason to walk out into the world and want to call this damage and havoc to another human being. Mm-hmm. I am I am at such the point, And I don't know how many people that can relate to this. I know a lot of guys from the military relate when I say this. I've seen so much havoc and so much chaos. I just want to experience happiness, but to have the ability to guard my happiness against anybody who's trying to deprive me of it. And that is it. Amen. No, I, I agree with you. I would agree with you totally on that one, man. You know, especially now stuff I saw is nothing, nothing. I mean, is like a tiptoe on the sand of what a lot of these guys are seeing now with what they're dealing with, with, Afghanistan and Iraq and Syria. I mean, they're seeing way worse shit than what I saw. But no, I've I've been in those environments where you could say society has collapsed and shit has hit the fan. And it's it's not something that I ever want to see happen here. And the bad thing is, is we're on. I, I feel we're on a very thin line to teeter one way or the other right now with the political climate in this country. And Everybody running around screaming boogaloo this and boogaloo that, I, you know, and I know Katie and I have talked about it before. Most of the people are not ready for that. You are going to see the worst of the worst of the worst of people. Yeah, I think that's true. Um, I, I would also like to say that, you know, um, so a lot of us, a lot of us have a pretty good, happy life. But right here in America, probably close to us, probably our neighbors there's some people that their life is that hell, is that chaos, you know, and you might not even know. It could be in the suburbs. It could be, you know, in the city or wherever it is. There are human beings that are living in their own personal hell. Um, but, yeah, you know, I overall, I don't I don't want to see America uh, devolve into that. And I don't think any of us do. I think that's what this is all about. I think most of us here, if not all of us here don't want to see that we don't want to wind up having to take people's lives and do all this kind of stuff and this is not why this is not why we do it you know we're doing it for a completely different reason 
Um, I don't know how to say it better than Kevin Dixie said it. It's for the happiness, you know. I want right. to I I enjoy my life with my kids, with my wife and my kids and my friends. And, you know, in my journey of, of my life, when I end it, I would like to know that I didn't have to do something like that. But at the same time, I need to be here for those people who rely on me, who depend on me. And I'm going to do what it takes uh, in order, you know, in order to be there as long as I'm not destroying, um, you know, another person needlessly, right? I'm not willing to, to do whatever it takes and, and, and take other people out because they have something I want. And that's what we're, we're running across typically. There's other human beings that for whatever reason just want to take out other people or they want to take your stuff or whatever that doesn't belong to them. Um, and, and this is, this is how we get backed into these corners, I think. So, um, I don't know. I don't know if that helps anyone out there to see how we see see those things. We've run into, we've run into nine o'clock already and it has kind of gone fast at the same time. I feel like we've been very deep, you know, I don't know. Yeah. There's, there's been some great conversation right here. Yeah. Um, I think we've had some great deep. questions. Yeah. And I don't know if uh, people always appreciate the deepness versus like the fun <laughs> laughing or joking kind of stuff. I think sometimes we, we do need to be serious. Um, and if there are people out there that look at this because they want to know, like, how do these gun guys think about stuff? Um, you know, I, I see it. I see it reflected in society. The, the overall theme of what we're talking about, that a lot of people think that we have these guns or we have a lot of guns or we do this because we somehow want to have power and control over other people. Um, but I would say most of us, it's the opposite of that. Yeah, it's, I, yeah, t- totally the opposite of that. I mean, I, I, I don't I don't keep a gun because I, I'm wanting to be, you know, come and take your stuff or be, you know, think that I'm more powerful than the next person, you know. I carry it because I want to be able to protect myself from the people around me. And that, that's where I think a lot of people start to demonize guns as you do have people, especially now with social media, you know, I, I, you know, and everybody talks about, you know, we need to get off of social media. Hey, I'm, I'm right there with you, but I'm sorry. This is where a majority of my business comes from is from social media. So, you know, I can't just hop off of that cause I'm, I'm wiping out the majority of, of my income if I were to just totally shut down social media, but you get those gung ho people that go on social media and post those videos saying, I've got all these guns, you know, come and take it, you know, or I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. And the, the media then grabs that and uses that to help. Yeah. And some people guns. look as bad as the gangbangers that they're theoretically afraid of. <laughs> right. Right. And, and it, there's it, nothing wrong with showing off guns. I do it all the time. <laughs> But you it's know, it's, the, the, it's a small yeah. percentage of the Second Amendment community that have, that there are those people, but they try to make it out to where it's the whole Second Amendment community. Mm-hmm. Look, this is what these people are like. No, it's not what we're like. It's the total opposite of what we're like. You know, I've I've met some phenomenal people in this industry the more my business has grown. You know, Kevin's Train and Learn event. I mean – there were all different races, all different sexes, and everybody was there having a good time, having great conversations. And we put all the bullshit aside and we just, we all sat and talked at one point in time to how can we make this community better? Because we know if we can make this community better, we can in turn let America see how it can become better. 
Mm-hmm. I agree with that. All right, so listen, Katie, did you have something to say before we start wrapping up? I don't. No, nah, man, I just think ditto. You know, condition your mind, condition your heart uh, to be the best that you can be. Uh, understand that us in a, the freedom world and that, that carry guns, um, you know, the, the, the beauty about America is uh, we are just trying to defend her and we are part of her. So we're just trying to defend her while we, we fight to make her better. Uh, but we are not out here trying to deprive anybody of their life or liberty. I think in the most part, if you ask most people, just want you to leave us the hell alone and let us be free and let us do our American dream. That's it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and take solace um, in that regardless of what the media says, a lot of America sees it the way that we do. And, you know, I know it's tough. Like there, I'm getting a lot of stuff from guys out there that, you know, feel whenever stuff like this happens, that it's a bad sign and, here we go, you know, they're going to use this against us and all that kind of stuff. They may, they may well do that, but, you know, a lot of this is to break us mentally. If we are mentally prepared to give up our claws, declaw, detooth ourselves, make ourselves an easy target out there, that's the easy way to do it. And, and I'm just trying to get everyone to realize that it's not, it's not going to happen. Um, definitely not easily, even though those guys are going to definitely try that. Um, let me do this. Lots of people saying, you know, that they want to see Chris back on here. I agree with that. Um, let's do this as we're wrapping up here. Chris, what would you like the folks out there to know? How can they find out more about South Carolina Gun School, get in touch with you, uh, support you, all that kind of stuff? So scgunschool.com is my website. Uh, South Carolina Gun School on Facebook. The underscore SCGS on Instagram and Twitter. Um, I'm always open for questions, whatever you need. If you need help with something, if you need to talk about something, hit me up. I'm always here. I'm always willing to answer questions. You know, hell, I had a guy, what, 9 o'clock last night call from California asking me questions around AR. So I, if, if I'm awake and I'm not in the class, I will answer your phone call, your text messages, whatever I can. So I'm always here to help whatever you need. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks for that. Uh, um, best help you can get. Uh, California. Oh, my gosh. I don't know. I'm not even going to start. I'm not even going to go down the road of California. <laughs> um, so, Kevin Dixie, I would extend the uh, same question to you for the folks out there. Um, you know, as always, everyone enjoys you being on the show. You, you make everyone uh, think about things and, you know, you you drop science bombs on us. Uh, uh, no, wisdom bombs, wisdom bombs. Uh, on us uh, how can the folks out there find out more about you get more of of the kevin dixie experience <laughs> yeah what do they need to do well it was a pleasure being here it's always a pleasure this feels like whether it's you know uh even through the chat it always feels like i'm, I'm just talking to a bunch of circle of friends around a bonfire and we're just you know just mm -hmm. talking right and i really enjoy that so thanks for having me on again um the way you keep up with me is easy on all your social medias it's the real noc that's youtube all the way down to instagram uh, and everything in between, The Real NLC. I am most active on Instagram. Uh, you can visit our website, noothechoice.com. There you can see our training schedule and different things of that nature. Also, get your swag and your gear over there. Uh, you can actually enter the code SCGS5. Chris That's is right. our actually our uh, affiliate. Uh -huh. um, and so you can put it in the affiliate code, and you can save yourself uh, some 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 monies over on the website. We got some Holosyn optics over there, too, so you guys might want to go check that out. Um so that's the website. And then after that, yeah, you can always email at uh, info at no other Um, And as far as different, <laughs> different things we have coming up, 
the next thing on my agenda after the travel uh, regimen I just went through, uh, the next thing on my agenda is April 3rd. If you're in the Atlanta, the greater Atlanta area, April 3rd, we're actually doing a family uh, firearms day. Uh, and I'm partnering with the Black Packers. And what we're going to do is allow people to come into the Cupcakery. It's a cupcake shop uh, in East Point. And you're going to be able to come in and have discussions and conversations around mentality about carrying a gun, you know, uh, the law surrounding it, how do you store your gun safely at home, and every different thing that comes with owning a firearm. We're not actually doing any shooting that day. It's more about the conversational piece about how to get the community uh, more safe and how they can become responsible gun owners. And if they're already gun owners, how they can be more responsible with that. Uh, a couple of short weeks after that, I'll be actually at South Carolina Gun School. Chris is having um, a, a Veterans Day shoot where he's having veterans out, um, and they're going to be able to um, to do things and have fun. It's like uh, bringing the veterans together and kind of rejuvenating them and giving them an opportunity to be appreciated. I am one of the sponsors of that, NorthernChoice.com is sponsoring that, so we'll have a couple of giveaways, and I'll also be donating my time for some uh, training experiences there. Uh, then after that, we have the NLC Train and Learn event, Memorial Day weekend, right outside of St. Louis, Missouri. Go to NorthernChoice.com for more information on that. Then we have Waverly, Minnesota coming up. Right after, uh, not too far from Indianapolis, like 45 minutes north. So we got a weekend of training there. We also have um, uh, training coming to uh, Philadelphia soon. So we'll be in Philadelphia the 25th and the 26th. So look out for Philly coming up on the schedule. And we have um, a couple other cities after that, too. Like, I don't know, it's a bunch of stuff going on. Stay tuned to NoOtherChoice.com, and you can see all the doodads. Oh, and be on the lookout uh, for stogies and straps. That actually, you can actually go on YouTube right now. And follow the Stogies and Straps channel. We will be launching that podcast this summer. Um, and so be on the lookout for Stogies and Straps coming to you. Where we're going to have conversations, obviously, around uh, freedom. We're going to have people that disagree. We're going to have people that agree. We're going to talk about family. I'm going to spend a lot of time talking about fatherhood. Uh, we're going to talk about, you know, everything up under the sun. So be tuned out, for, uh, be in tune with Stogies and Straps. And when that comes out, nothing other than that, um, I think that's it. Yeah, and if you were not able to keep track with that, uh, no, no other choice. What's what's your dot com? No other choice dot com. Yeah, no other choice dot com. That's where you guys need to go get all that info, and then uh, scgunschool dot com. Right, Chris? Yes, sir. Yeah, that's where you guys need to to go to find out info from uh, both of these gentlemen. Uh, it's been fun having you guys on. I'm gonna go to the end and then come back. And we're going to get words of wisdom from someone. I don't know. Do, do we need to decide who's going to drop the, the wisdom bombs on us? Chris. Chris? Okay, Chris. Oh, Chris is going to drop it. You got you got that. some seconds, Chris. You better come up with something. So we're going we're gonna to do that here. Uh, big thanks to all you guys for hanging out with us. You can still smash the thumbs ups now. You can, you can smash them later when you come in. Big thank you to Franklin Armory for helping to support this channel and all the other people that do that. I really do enjoy uh, hanging out with Kevin Dixie here and in real life. And uh, Chris and I have met each other. I think we, we definitely need to meet up in the real world again and uh, have you come back on the show here. Let me run in the end and we'll be right back here. All right, guys, thanks for watching. Hope you guys enjoyed. Thanks for listening. We are going to rip the audio out of this and put it up on your uh, favorite places to listen to audio podcasts like this, like iTunes, all that kind of stuff. Please don't forget to smash the thumbs up, ring the bell so you can be notified every time we go live, etc. All right, Chris, words of wisdom, sir. All the gods, all the heavens, all the hells are within you. All right. Love it. Okay. We're out of here. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Peace.